And we're back for another episode of Are We Content, where I'm your host. They call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. Well, you may have noticed that uh, you didn't get some beautiful samples of Mark Marin yelling at you, telling you that we are all just content. That's because I'm skipping the intro today because I'm not actually your host tonight. Matt T from the Great Deception Podcast is going to be hosting as Bob and I were on the Monday Night Master Debaters. It was an awesome night. We had, of course, Matt and Ryan Dean, who are always the hosts of of, uh, Monday Night Master Debaters. Wonderful show. If you're not listening to it, subscribe to the Great Deception Podcast and you can get every single I was going to say Monday, but I guess Tuesday morning, you can get a new one, which always has a great panel of people talking. And Bob and I were uh, invited to be on this week, and we talked about toys. We also had uh, Ryan Alexander, who I hadn't spoken to for like two years. Uh, I'd talked to him on Deborah Gets Red Pilled about uh, Tartaria stuff and and books and uh, all kinds of cool things way back when. It had been a little while. We also had Nico from uh, the Upstate Unconventional podcast. Both are really great dudes. I want to reach out to Ryan uh, real soon. He, he, I think he and Lanny and I would have a real great conversation about health and things like that. But anyway, uh, that's all beside the point. Uh, listening tonight, you'll probably hear some retreads of a few things that Bob and I have talked about here on Are We Content? But uh, I think it'll be a fresh perspective because we have several other people in the room. And as we talk about, uh, like we talked about the Ren and Stimpy documentary that Bob and I have talked about. And we talked about a few other things that came up. But anyway, uh, yeah, check this out. I'm leaving it as a complete and total raw package. So instead of my intro, you're going to get right after this, you're going to get Matt's intro and his outro and the, the whole works. So here you go. This is episode 21 of are we content? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman, and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> what the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No, I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart, you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So just chill out, you know, drink a seven up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club and you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool 
and rub my leg down so it was trained and then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters. If you're looking for talk on the largest human sacrifice in U.S. history, we're not going to be talking about that tonight. No dark arts magic here. Instead, we're going to start talking about the magicians, a.k.a. the marketing and toy geniuses of our childhood. And this, you know, with this panel, we got I got great people on here and we span from the 80s toys all the way into the 2000s so this is going to cover a broad spectrum we're going to go all over the map here but anyone mentions those numbers five minutes in the penalty box you're muted you're in the penalty box you can get out after you serve your time so the ground rules have been laid gentlemen welcome bob i'll start with you how you doing sir man i'm doing all right how about yourself good man good man i'm looking forward Thanks to for tonight me. like i i everybody else is going to do one of these one of those shows so i figure let's go the opposite direction let's you know be the spell breakers and and we're gonna we're gonna bring something a little different tonight so i'm looking forward to this and see what you guys got because i know my childhood was just laden with toys and collectibles and th there was no better time than the 80s for that so i feel like it was meant to be and uh ryan alexander from not us and friends i want to say dude i just downloaded he your part four of wag the dog so i'm getting ready to watch that tomorrow it's a cool video and this episode does not have any of the forbidden date in it the second part does though part two and i will put the link down in the show notes for everybody if you want to go check it out i highly recommend it. I've, I've seen the first three parts and they're awesome so i can only wait for part four i think part four is the most controversial believe it or not nice and it's got the most in it most clips cool i like the sound of that anytime somebody says controversial i'm all in man let's go <laughs> well thanks ryan nico what's up my man it has been way too long my friends yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, this is the first podcast I've been on in, I think, like five months now. So it's crazy. Welcome back. Um, Welcome yeah, man. back. Just, uh, I'm going to pu be putting some new stuff out probably this month with the kids back in school. I have some more time, but uh, I wanted to share this with you guys real quick. And uh, I just harvested these today. So I have couple sunflowers here they're oh, decent nice. size right and then i have my sunflowers that were next to the electroculture rod oh, oh shit. Shit. <laughs> what oh yeah. beautiful yeah so what is that like what's the diameter on that one uh this thing is huge this has got to be at 12 least, 13 inches at yeah it looks like it's a foot across or so. yeah it's bigger than my face so holy shit so everything was the same. size of a record. Yeah, everything was the same. I mean, these are like average size ones. They were on the yeah. opposite side. Got a bunch of those. But I mean, this one, man, 
it's wild. So it's going to be hung upside down, dry it out a little bit, roast some seeds. But oh yeah, that's yeah, dude, same. I haven't seen anybody that like actually showed the size. So that's crazy. Yeah, man. So I've been working on that, studying that a lot, getting deeper into the orgone energy, things like that, and. uh I know we're not talking about that tonight, but if we do dive into it, I can uh, go into that. But I did Dude, find some childhood toys. By the way, I know you can't really see it that well, but this plant now, because of your little pyramid right here, ah, you can't see it. Son of a bitch. Yeah, your little I pyramid. It. it is so full. I almost have to like upgrade the pot now. Yeah, man. And I feel like personally connected to that one because of the pyramid, but I've also watched the journey of it growing. So <laughs> Dude, that thing was, was on awesome. its last legs before your mm -hmm. pyramid, man. It had four leaves and they were all like starting to brown on the tips. Amazing, dude. Well, thank you. So you've saved this. You've given this plant one hell of a life. <laughs> hell yeah. Judd, my What's friend, up? how's it going, my man? Oh, it's going good, man. We've been, uh, me and Bob have been going hard with Are We Content? And uh, tonight was supposed to be our first, we switched days, but we were recording and now we're doing Mondays. So this came up and we thought, huh, might as well just uh, just do it over here. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 said, I had invited Bob and the next thing I know, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh, shoot, they switched from Tuesday to Monday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to screw everything up for these guys. And I said we were going to do some kind of, uh, I won't say the numbers, but uh, extravaganza, which was just uh, just a, a matter of circumstance that it happened to be that today was the day we were going to start recording Mondays. But I would much rather not talk about it myself. <laughs> so See, everything happens right. for a reason. We, we mm -hmm. bailed each other out. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about some toys. I even brought something that I can't wait to show all of you here. Yeah, I hope it'll. I hope it'll spawn Same. some some nostalgia from at least at least the, the 80s kids we got here. See, and that's what I love when I was I did like I was just researching a little bit and going back to see if there you know, some of the big ones that I might have missed. And dude, just looking at them like I can remember playing with them. I can remember where I got them sometimes. And that was 30, 35 years ago. It's amazing what these things can do to you as as a young developing mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that nostalgia it's it's real man when you when you get hit with that thing, when you see that exact toy that you had when you were a child, it's like holy shit. I haven't seen that in 35 40 years, you know. It's it's amazing. Yep. And I think that's why they're making a huge comeback right now. Like you see the toy market is tremendous especially for vintage and and older toys i mean they're going for astronomical numbers right now mm -hmm. so i think people are just you know especially how things got really crazy the last few years people want to get back to a little slice of the past in a sense you know yeah. and, and a different time than the madness of today which is cool and mm -hmm. i think i think that does it and you know rye one of the things you and i talk about a lot is cards and that's another thing from back in that that just exploded in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it went from, you know, being a, a small time hobby to a business and a lucrative one at that. So, dude, dude. welcome. I got I got something to show you if we're talking about cards. Okay, oh, whip my, it out, my friend. Whip it my, out. 
so my dad sent me this and it's funny because remember what we were talking about last week a little bit of baseball right yep i have a i have a different opinion about baseball than like you and you know 643 and john the fed and things like that look at this all-star right here if this will pick up on the camera is that okay. a young ryan dean <laughs> that is that is me dude. Oh. that's a that's a baseball card are you on the rockies I was on the Colorado Rockies, nice. dude. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's damn. not picking up very well, right? Of course it wouldn't. But um, on the back of the card, let's see if it'll pick up. If I, yeah, there we there go. There you go. There he is, dude. Look at that um, stud. Yeah, I mean, back of the card, we got the stats on there: eight home runs, four grand slams in a single year. Okay, I mean, this is what I was doing out there, dude. Putting up numbers. Putting up serious numbers, long performance at first base, it says. Um, you know, my dad was the head coach. I'm sure that had nothing to do with my <laughs> stellar performance. But so you were uh, batting third. We know that. Batting fourth. Batting okay. Fourth. Um, they would load up the bases for me, and I'd just crack that's it. the dude. grand slams. Yes, ah, that's why I had four go. grand slams. We'll in, clean up in, in action. A, yeah, dude. So no, it's uh, it was such a good time, man. And it was funny because they sent me like all kinds of pictures from my childhood and uh it just brings you back dude like you said like uh it, you know it's a it's a really interesting thing to look back and see like okay what was i thinking back then because they sent me things from like when i was a toddler all the way into like 14 15. okay and it's just like you know it's interesting the stuff that you're wearing i had some sick lion king shoes in one i had some cookie monster shoes in another you know and it's just like i don't know man it, it's really interesting to look back because i don't think like dude Call me crazy, but I don't think Paw Patrol is as cool as like Sesame Street was back in the day. Nope. Or, uh, you know, no. Peppa Pig or any of that shit. I don't think any of that stuff's as cool as the stuff that we were looking at. No, I, I agree. And that's why I was when I was looking at this stuff, I'm like, one of the things that I noticed was and, and they do it somewhat today. But back then, all the major toys had a cartoon, too. So yeah. they had that second element to hook you in. And really make it worth your investment. So not only did you have the toy, but then you also saw the toy in action and and what they were capable of. Right. Yeah. yeah it gave you it gave you something to kickstart your imagination with yes. the, with the toy that you mm -hmm. have at home. I just watched a, a really really cool documentary. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. It's uh is mainstream, but it's um uh, it was called Happy Happy Joy Joy. It's all about Ren and Stimpy. And uh, I don't know if anybody, everybody here watched Ren and Stimpy. Uh, it's all, it's more about John Kay, the creator of it. And the latter half of it is about his sex scandals that he was involved in and stuff like that. But the first, the whole first half is just all these, these people who made cartoons, who loved cartoons, who were really into making them. And they felt that cartoons in, this would have been like 90, 91, when Ren and Stimpy was getting started. They thought that cartoons had just totally lost their edge. The way they were kind of putting it was that um, once upon a time, like the old Warner Brothers stuff, that was people who wanted to make cartoons because they loved cartoons. But we moved into a point where it was more about marketing and the cartoons were almost an, a, a marketing afterthought rather than it's like they needed to have a toy and then they needed to put a cartoon out to promote the toy. There was always like two sides to all of it. And when John uh, Chris Flucci came in with Ren and Stimpy, it was like, oh, shit, here's someone who just wants to make cartoons because he just loves cartoons. He wasn't selling anything. In fact, there were even ads 
within that cartoon that were for, for fake things like log. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, it's big, it's heavy, log. it's wood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they had uh, uh, sugar frosted milk that yep. you would add a few flakes of, 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 of cereal to and mix in <laughs> so you could just eat your sugar frosted milk and all that kind of crap. But yeah, all of them had this uh, the same sentiment about them that it was like they thought that cartoons had really lost their way by the late 80s, like that they'd watched it. It always needed to be based on a movie. It needed to have a, a, a toy. It needed to have cereal and candy and everything else that like fully encompassed it, which you know brings us to our nostalgia of these things. We're being being hit from all angles, unlike our parents who just had, you know, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, Mickey Mouse. You know, they had the cartoons. They could still love the cartoons, but they didn't have an all encompassing, uh, you know, multimedia. Essentially, (laughs) a lot of it's just consumable, but nevertheless, multimedia coming at you with all these different things from there from the well, Chud too. the ice creams remember the ice cream man coming around and like the ninja turtles with the gumball mm-hmm, eyes mm-hmm. pikachu freaking donald duck mickey mouse all these different things and and you know it's interesting that you know you talk about this dude that makes ren and stimpy and you know he's obviously very passionate about cartoons but it sounds like he's passionate about other things too right like, <laughs> like, some, like children uh, <laughs> yeah well so children but do you think that like every single person that's like obsessive about like any adult that's obsessed with cartoons or interested in cartoons, do you think that they have some weird fetishes or some kind of weird shit, uh, whether it be like a stepmom fetish? Cause that's like something that's new. I didn't realize that was even a thing. Um, you got the stepmom fetishes out there. You got the uh, sibling fetish, or it could be something more normal, like some kind of, you know, sexual fetish of some kind. But do you think that, every single person that creates cartoons as an adult might have like a weird kind of double life. I think that's very possible. I wish, I wish it wasn't true. I mean, I I hope it's not true. Uh, I would like to think that um, in the case of Ren and Stimpy, like if, if you guys are familiar with that show, it was weird. It was edgy. It was creepy. You can't imagine. I can't imagine that the guy who made that isn't a total creep. Right. Right, (laughs) You know, I mean, there was it was it was a kind of a creepy show, which is what made it great as I got older as well. You know, it wasn't just a like as I thought about it, as I got past cartoons, I was like, wait, what was that Ren and Stimpy all about? I kind of want to watch that again, which is why I have it on DVD when DVDs were first coming out of (laughs) of television shows. It was like, I got to get that Ren and Stimpy. I got to watch that shit again and watching it again. I was like, holy shit. And then as it turns out, the guy, the guy wasn't maybe like to call him a pedophile might be a bit much because the girls were older, uh, like as in like above 16 and they were all cartoonist girls, the girls who were into drawing cartoons and were like adoring fans of his that would write him. They'd send like the, the, the main girl, like they talk about, there was a folder this thick of her fan art that she'd been sending to Nickelodeon for years trying to get to John K. And when he got his hands on that, he was like, Oh, I like this. I, I want to meet this person. And then he ended up being in a relationship with her for like five years. It's not, um, he, he wasn't just like, uh, Hey kids, you like Ren and Stimpy come to my house. It wasn't, uh, yeah, wasn't not like, like he's way- driving around in a Ren and Stimpy van, picking up <laughs> like you know, the, yeah. stragglers off the bus. To right, catch a predator. Right. And, uh, it does seem like he was kind of creepy. It also seemed, just listening to all the other people who worked with him, the animators and stuff. I, I have a feeling he didn't work with any females that he didn't sleep with. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he, he, that was just the way that creep worked at that time. 
But then, you know, if I talk about the cartoons that came before that and since then, the ones that were more marketing schemes and it's people who are working for Nickelodeon just to make Nickelodeon or whoever else just to make cartoons that could I mean, that would be what a great way to get close to children if you were that kind of that kind of a person. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if there was way more of that than we'd ever want to know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at Disney. Yeah. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it, anywhere there's children involved, it's going to it's going to take place. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the way this disgusting system works. But what came out of it, man, I mean, the marketing genius, you mentioned it before, and, and this blossomed in the 80s was you could get any product that you could imagine with the logo of your favorite toy, your favorite action figure, your favorite cartoon. You could get bed sheets, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping bags, wallpaper, underwear. Yeah, yeah, clothes, everything mm-hmm. from head to toe, shoes. They they marketed and and overwhelmed us with just nonstop availability of this stuff. Now, imagine that in today's you know, internet world where it would be so much easier to get because you actually had to go to a brick and mortar store to get this stuff. There was no over, you know, mail order, really. That was not something you did often. I mean, and one of the things that really brought back memories was, I don't know if you guys used to get the Sears catalogs or, you know, the Christmas catalogs. And that was like, man, that, that was the juice. It came out a little before Thanksgiving and you would just sit there and be like, okay, you start circling what you want, fold up pages. That's that's what really and 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 in there is where they had everything. They had anything and everything you could think of. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. think they still do that today? I mean, like uh, like the things that kids are into right now, like Roblox. They absolutely have like Roblox whitey tidies. They yes. got Fortnite whitey tidies. Like, and, and the reason I'm using underwear is because like I remember I had like Spider-Man underwear, you know, and like uh, Ninja Turtles and uh, all these different things that I was into. But you can take it to shoes. You can take it to all these other things. And they have all these things. You just don't have to go anywhere and you don't have to wait for a catalog to get it. You can just go online and you can look for it yourself. So I think it's more accessible today. But kids just aren't as interested in that stuff anymore. It's more about like, you know, I don't know if it's worse or better. It seems like it it might actually be a little bit better, like playing the game instead of being obsessed with the clothes. Well, it was an experience, Rye, right? You had mm -hmm. brick and mortar toy stores. You had child toys. You had KB. You had Toys R Us. Toys R Us, man. That used to be like an event to go to that place. Exactly. Guys, I'm surprised you're not not hitting on the point that the devices have basically just replaced all other forms of entertainment, not just toys. Oh, yeah. I didn't really grow up with toys, you know, but we had marbles and pogs and card games and stuff like that. And just kids don't seem to be doing any of that. Kids aren't knocking on doors and shoveling snow and cutting grass. And they don't seem to be doing very many kids things at all. They're on their phones. Like I make make my kids on Pornhub now. That's what they're doing. Like, that's what's it's dark. Like, I'm not trying to make a joke. That's just what they're doing now. Well, it's like I make my kid play outside a lot and he Oh, like he, he loves Minecraft, right? So he wants Minecraft swords, things that look like items from the game. And then he goes out in the woods and he plays Minecraft <laughs> out in the woods, which I, I one part of me is like, oh, come on, do something real. 
is what I want to say. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, this is great. This is he is doing something real just by being outside, breathing fresh air, touching real dirt, all of those things. Um, Role playing. Right. Like he's 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 uh-huh. using his creative brain. Like, I, I think there's a lot to that, man, a lot more than we give it credit for, you know, than that mindless just consuming of of any electronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least they're engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Because because a lot of kids, a lot, a lot of kids. And uh, I guess, fortunately, my my kids don't know too many of these, but I'm, I'm well aware of it. There are a lot of kids who aren't going outside and they aren't playing. And they are they're playing just as much Minecraft as him, but it's all on a screen. It's all mm-hmm. on a device. And, you know, it's not just not just Minecraft. You know, that's just that's his particular thing. But like Roblox is another one. I mean, even just YouTube, like take the play, take the interactive out of it. There's kids that are right now as we're speaking, they're sitting in the corner of their house, their room, their apartment, and they're just watching YouTube videos one after another after another. and Trust me, my, my kid watches YouTube too. And I sit in with him on it because I want to see what he's being programmed with. And that shit is mindless. Holy crap. Yep. Well, yeah, because they're watching someone play. They're not even playing the game. They're watching someone mm-hmm. play Roblox. And it's usually the most obnoxious human being on the planet screaming like just the most absurd shit you've ever heard. And when I... I just like listen for it now. If I hear my son go down that route where I start hearing like obnoxious shit going off, it's like, okay, iPads yeah. away, you know? Yep. But it'll start to infect <laughs> them. Like, uh, I'll mm-hmm. hear my, my son will start like, you know, kind of yelling at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not yelling at us like, like he's mad no, at he's us. He's mimicking the, the he's shit just he's mimicking. Yeah. He's like, he's like, can I get some chips, yo? You know, it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Nobody isn't in our house that talks th- like that. Isn't that so similar? to watching music videos it's like you can get out there and you can start a band you can play a guitar or it's similar to watching sports but these kids are interested in video games so instead of doing that shit they're they're watching people play video games i think it's the same thing man but we we do this dude we do this like our older generations from where we're at they thought that the shit that we were into was really stupid and it's pointless (laughs) and then we're looking at the the generations after us and we're like this is stupid why are you guys talking like that? Why are you doing this and that? And it's all the same stuff, man. You know, like, but does it not mean, could it possibly mean that they are getting stupider, that we are getting stupider? It could, but I, I think that, you know, to sit there and say that there was like deep meaning in like hippie music, you know, that was all created by the CIA, but because it's old and because we consider it classic now, that's like good music. And this music that's coming out today, we just say it's stupid because it's like chanting. It's very catchy, but there's like, it, it, you know, it's just it's like comparing apples to oranges, in my opinion. You're saying um, taking a song like WAP, though. Take a song like WAP, though, and throw it out there. I mean, the, the level of degeneracy <laughs> yeah. is uh, definitely scaled out. Come on. Just, well, let's compare WAP to Aching Breaky the- Heart. OK, let's see what's, uh, w- you know, which one's worse out of those <laughs> two. I mean, at least one's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but th- there's a whole aspect to that with actual instruments being played and having to record it in a student like everything's done electronically now on a computer. Most musicians don't even play them, you know, right. You can't compare you- WAP with freaking like um, Dark Side of the Moon. 
Like I'm talking achy, breaky heart. We're <laughs> like, taking we're taking the lowest common denominator of the current generation. We go and we it. go back a day, go hoochie mama, you know, something like sure. that, like mm-hmm. something you know, or any two Ed Crew song. Well, what if we step off of if it makes people if we're getting stupider? <laughs> I think we're definitely getting lazier generation mm-hmm. by generation, and that's all encompassed in this. You know, uh, our my parents thought what I was doing was stupid. Because they were busy chopping kindling and trying to sell that on the corner when I was out trying to play baseball, right? Yeah. They'd, they'd be like, well, we'd find time for baseball too, but we'd, you know, we'd have our little jobs that we were always doing, you know, and I was always, you know, I, I kind of got with it fairly quickly with that. And I started my own lawn mowing business and things like that when I was pretty young. But uh, I, I was a rare exception for being in the, in the early 90s doing that. Um, but then they, when they were kids and they were chopping kindling and selling it on the corner, their parents were going, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you trying to make a couple bucks off some kindling when we have property here that's a farm that you need to be like doing real hard work all the time? Because mm-hmm. I and I never got paid. You know, the, the grandparents, they never got paid when they worked hard on the farm for their whole childhood. And their parents thought they were lazy because they were just working on a farm. They weren't mm-hmm. clearing land. They weren't they weren't traveling across the across the sea to go start a new homestead and things like that. You know, like, I think, I think we would see every generation seeing its generation beyond it to be lazier than they were. And we're just starting to apply the stupidity aspect in these, yeah. in these more recent years. I think lazier is a better way to put it. Cause a lot of these kids seem too lazy to even bother learning how to spell properly and, you know, do mm-hmm. something like yeah, learn an yeah. instrument or learn any skill at all. Really. I disagree so much with that, man. I, and, you know, my my sister is uh, 13 years younger than me and her boyfriend is similar age. And, and this is the closest thing I have to kids. Right. It's not anywhere near it. These two are very motivated individuals. Like if I was where I was, if I was where they're at at their age, I would have like a lot more than I have right now. They seem very motivated and maybe, you know, maybe they're exceptions, but all their friends seem like that, too. Like they're not into drinking all the time. They're not into smoking. And and my sister's honest with me, like she'll drink with me and she'll do fun stuff. We're actually going to go see like the Cardinals and the Giants play on Sunday um, in Phoenix. Like we have a very close relationship, but these these kids are very motivated, dude. Um, I think it's just such an easy thing to say that the next generation is lazy. I really and you know you guys know I'm a fucking hater, dude. Like I'll hate on <laughs> shit if I don't yeah. if I don't agree with it. I, I'll hate on it. No, and I, I see where you're coming from, Ryan. Uh, it's um, see, I wonder if we're we're looking at like a fourth turning kind of a thing where we're gonna start seeing it turn around. Uh, yeah. Are you guys familiar with the fourth turning concept? Absolutely. You know? right. Yeah. If we're if uh, if shitty times make strong men, are we in those shitty times now? And we're starting to see younger people starting to come out of that, even though, I mean, I, I still think a lot are going to drop down, uh, drop down in laziness or stupidity or whatever, but are we going to see enough people make that turn to start, to start taking on new life? In, well, we've in got the next four, generation? four right here that are already turning it around, you know, like right. I'm not doing the same thing with my son that my parents did with me. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to help him out and give him a little better base, give him something to build on. And I think that's a huge part of it. You know, we were in that, I don't know about you guys, but I was a feral child for the most part. Like we were home for meals and that was, and if we had an activity, you know, if we had sports or something we had to go to, 
But other than that, we were on our own. We were outside, no supervision, you know, and that's where a lot of the toys came in because that is what, you know, took us to wherever we had to go. We'd take that toy and create whatever we wanted to do with it. And if they didn't make, we couldn't afford something, we'd make it, you know, as ghetto as it would be with something, anything we could find around the house or out in the woods. And I just don't see that with at least my son's generation. They're more of an indoor set of kids if they had their choice. Whereas we, I, I hated being indoors. I felt like that was a punishment. And, and, you know, the, my son, I really, I really had to battle with him to do things that require him to use his brain, right? Like (laughs) go, I, you know, I have to tell him, go get your, go get your wrestling figures and go create a match. You got, you got 30 to 45 minutes. You need to go, you know, just be creative or go read a book, go do something, go outside with the dog. Otherwise they'll sit inside all day. And that's yeah, what I, I think, think you're I, talking about a problem of abundance, basically, right? When you yeah. don't have something to do, you have to go out and get some something to do. We lived outside as well, just kind of hanging out because there wasn't that much to do inside. TV is pretty repetitive and, and boring, if we're honest. And we we weren't allowed to hang out at each other's houses. We were we were too rambunctious. We had to go outside. Yeah. Now you kids have everything. Kick you, you out, can, right? You can yeah. see anything. You can play any game. Most of them for free. If you know your way around the internet, you can do so many different things for free. You could entertain yourself. Forever. And you interact with people while you're doing it too. You, you don't yeah. need to gain a skill. You also don't need to gain a skill to get a social media presence, to have a big YouTube channel, a big TikTok following, Instagram following. You know, you could be a hot chick that just shows your butt, or you could just do something so stupid that it catches on somehow. You know, it's just ridiculous. You don't need an actual skill. So this, the, the just abundance is there. It's overabundance for a lot of these people. And to your point, Ryan, my mom's a, a teacher. She works in a ghetto school on purpose. One of the reasons, she says, is because the kids respect everything more. They care more. And a lot of these kids don't have the Internet. They don't. You know, they're on welfare. They're welfare families. So when the pandemic happened, a lot of these kids couldn't do the remote learning and stuff. The school where they had to buy them laptops with built in Internet and all this stuff. The point is, though, they also still have to go and entertain themselves and, and build dreams in the real world. We you know, use your brain to think about what you want to do in the world rather than having everything shown to you on the screen. And so, yeah, maybe it's not laziness. Maybe it's not immaturity because there's there's people of all ages that have changed ranks into the real world and that are snapping out of all the the yeah. bogus consumerism entertainment. Like you were saying with the toys, basically everything out there is out there to sell us something. And I hate being in the city and the suburbs. It's like everything you got to pay for everything. Even you want to go to the park, you got to pay for parking. It's crazy. So everything just leads you into this marketing funnel. But there is another world out there. And I know in the health business, there's tons of people who have come over to the all natural side. Some of them are 17 years old. Some of them are 70 years old by the time they finally get it. But yeah, so maybe it's not laziness. Maybe it's not intelligence. But there's, I think, certainly a problem in motivation, a widespread problem in motivation and this it's has been there's, there's it's, a lot it's, of it's a disconnect from nature i think like but i think it's, you know? it's from a perpetual distraction like we mm-hmm. used to just go outside like the 80s kids out there y'all remember capture the flag oh, oh yeah the can like mm-hmm. capture the flag was like our favorite game you knew everybody on the street and at night you'd go out and play capture the flag you know it was like a nightly occurrence in the neighborhood where you just go outside and play 
And well, that's the thing now is they scare you that they like if you if if kids are going to go out there and play capture the flag, there's going to be some uh, you know Jeffrey Epstein figure that's going to scoop these kids off the street. You know what I mean? You're not um, allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to walk yourself to school, man. You could get your kids taken away for letting your kids yeah. walk home from school. In some well, and it can happen, but it could happen at any fucking time, you know. But you know, like, like, what he's saying is like eighties, right? We had we had uh, that is when they started the whole milk campaign with putting lost children on milk cartons. You know, yeah. like it's not like it didn't happen, but I mean, we I just don't think our parents really it wasn't as focused. You know, like it wasn't like we said now. There's an abundance of information. So you get bombarded with this stuff and you think there's like more pedophiles now than there's ever been. I don't know if there is or not, but I just think they have easier access. I think things well, like uh, CSI and uh, special victims unit, law and order TV type sh- t- t- TV shows like that had a lot to do with it, too, because they were all about all about sex crimes and pedophiles and things like know. that. And that was, you know, those started like what, around 2000, 2005, like in that in that zone which was also when the helicopter parenting like really started taking off, you know, after the nineties, um, which is, which has just gotten worse and worse. Like I've, I've talked about it before. I've, I, I take my kids to the park all the time and I'll just sit and read a book and I look away, you know, I'm looking down, I'm looking, I'm, I'm letting them play. I'm letting them sort things out on the playground, which I think is where kids actually learn their lessons is amongst each other and doing things. And sometimes I have parents like, other parents will come over to me and say, Hey, what are you going to do about this? That your kid's doing this and that. And it's like, I'm going to let them figure it out. And they, they, they don't like that. They don't mm-hmm. want me not intervening with my own child's behavior on the, on the playground. And it's like, it's not like I would intervene if he's like kicking the shit out of someone. Right. right. Or but just no, it's a total like, asshole. He, yeah. He's just going down the slide too much. <laughs> you know, he's not giving it. He's not letting other kids go. And it's like, they'll figure it out. They will iron this out. I'm hundred percent certain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but what but I if think they don't. Oh, go ahead, Nico. I was going to say what I think Ryan was saying though is like there is actual like rules now. Like you can't even walk around the mall, at least in my city, unless you're with an adult. Like you have to be 18 to walk around the mall, and they like stop people. So it's like that's something I did as a teenager. Which my parents would just drop us off at the mall, and we'd walk around for hours. Yeah. And it's like you can't just drop your kid off at the playground anymore. Like you have to at least be in your car watching them because like someone's going to call someone and be like, there's a feral child out here <laughs> playing, you know what I mean? And it's like but somehow that kid that can't walk around the mall can consent to having sex with a fucking, you know, 40 year old. Well, man. Right. Yeah, right. Of course. Yep. But um, it, it's just like so it, it's kind of a double edged sword because I want my kids to go roam around the neighborhood. But at the same time, too, I don't want neighbors calling the cops saying like there's they're not supervised so it's like where do you find this balance so you have to be involved as a parent now you have to be with them but like uh chug was saying too like i go to the playground with my son i sit far away and just let him figure it out and it's amazing how many parents are on the like jungle gym with their kids like riding down the slide it's like come on guys like just Holding them up to the monkey bars, my favorite. Yeah, it's like it's so <sighs> ridiculous. Um, Cut the cord already, you know. I, like, I I I forced a mom into a a great situation for her son the other day at at a park. I have a, a two and a half year old, pretty young, going down this really big slide. It's like a 
fully enclosed one that spins around and I, I can't go down and I'm too big, but you know, I think there's even a rating on the side of it that says you're supposed to be like seven or something like that or a certain height or weight or whatever, but I don't care. He wants to go down and he can, I, I trust him, you know, and he can go down and he's fine. Uh, but I, I was setting him up to let him go down this slide. As I heard this other kid who was about four years old telling his mom, he wanted to go down that slide. And she was telling him, no, you can't let you're too small. And then this little two-year-old comes out the bottom <laughs> and, and he just, I could see him. He looked at his, he was like, what, <laughs> what, I can't do this mom. She said, well, okay. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can do it. And she went down with him and she got stuck halfway through and all of that. But <laughs> it was so great because that kid finally got to go down that slide. I, yep. you know, it's just a small local park that I'm sure he goes to all the time. And that's a slide that's been off limits. And as of that day, now he can go down. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, you, you said you brought something to show us. Oh, I brought a bunch yeah. of shit to show you guys. Oh, excellent. <laughs> let's see. Let's see it, man. I, I'm all down for this. All right, so kind of oh, talking about like Bud has the Alf hand puppet. I used see to this have sucker too. I got this at Burger King. Yes, I was <laughs> yeah, going to say that dude, came with, that came from the fast food. Shit. This is a Alf, and I can still see. You guys wouldn't be able to see it. There's still white threads on here because he came in a chef's costume. Mm-hmm. He had a, a white apron and a white chef's hat on him, and I was so bummed because you didn't get to choose which toy. Uh, there was like five alfs. I don't remember what any of the other ones were, but I wanted the regular alf and I got the one with the, with the chef's costume and I was so bummed and I got in so much trouble because when we got home, I snipped it off with the, (laughs) with the scissors and my parents were like, we just got that. That's brand new. Here it is 30 plus years later. And I, I still have that, but it also came with a flexi disc record. Yes. You guys remember flexi discs records that where they were, it was just like a sheet of kind of plasticky paper and it was square and you had to put quarters on it, had little spots on the corners that you would set a quarter to make it heavy enough that when you put it on the turntable and set the needle down and it had a Alf wrapping a recipe for cat stew or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) It was freaking awesome. It was my favorite thing for so long. Ended up in a drawer for however long. And then when my first son was born, I pulled it out again. He played with it all the way through still being played with by by the youngest so <laughs> i need to rewatch that show man i have a feeling it's wildly inappropriate mm-hmm. it's wildly stupid <laughs> yeah. i've watched it it's 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 not that great <laughs> no but that that was the genius though of of even the fast food they had mm-hmm. great toy giveaways depending on what was relevant Real toys. at the time yeah and and they were legitimate. It's not like the little cheap plastic things that you get today that fall apart. You could play with these things. I, uh, McDonald's I, I buy... had those collector cups, like glass, glass. Mugs. Yeah. yeah, like glass. Oh, yeah, cups. sure. Yeah. I, I buy a lot of toys for my kids at thrift stores, and uh, like Value Village is a is a chain that's around here, and they sell smaller toys in like a bag with like five or six of them in there, and sometimes they'll see something that's like, Oh, Incredibles. I like that movie. There's some Incredibles toys in here and we get them. And they're always the, the ones in those bags are always the cheapest, crappiest little toys. And every one of them are McDonald's. They have a McDonald's or Burger King or one of the fast food places like stamp on the bottom of it because they're, and there's tons of them after we've gotten one bag. Then the next time, every time we go, we see those all over the place because 
they give out those toys because they're cheap. They can give them away and uh, they're they're not worth anything. The kids don't like them. They're not even fun to play with. You know, a buddy of mine in high school, his uncle owned a plastic company that made the toys for fast food kids meals. He was crazy rich, like crazy, crazy rich. We watched we went out to his place in Chicago uh, in the 90s. And he had like Ferraris and stuff and like hung out with other like rich ass billionaires. This dude had one of his friends had like an elevator for his garage for different cars. Must be nice. Like, mm-hmm. From toys. Just from toys. Yeah. Like well, from plastic it, molds. It, it, <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I used to work in I used to coach baseball down in Connecticut in, in uh Westport. And I coached for the people that owned and created Melissa and Doug toys, which are just oh, kind of like the biggest wood oh, toy yeah. company. Yeah, wood toys. Yeah, yeah right. they're all Guess wood. Those. They started it from like their garage, like legitimately and 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 not like a Bill Gates and Bezos type garage deal. And uh, it was just fun. They ended up selling like a third of the company for like 100 million at one point. Ooh. Yeah, I'm and not surprised. Shit. Those toys are yeah. great. They're yeah. so expensive though, and yep. it sucks because if I forever. if I if I could they just laugh. uh yeah that's see that's the key if I could just you know give my kids whatever whatever I wanted to give them not whatever they want but whatever I wanted it would be all wooden toys like those like the Melissa and Doug stuff but it ends up being so much more expensive like I mean and even if they last <laughs> forever you know it's still it's just a toy <laughs> you know. Yeah. We have blocks. I don't I don't want to drop $50 on a wooden toy car. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just it's just too much. Especially when, you know, you can instead for for 7 bucks you can go buy a Boy Scout Pinewood Derby kit, <laughs> you yeah, know, right. and and make a make a toy like that. Yeah. We had like, blocks when I was a kid. We had this big case that was just like 2 by 4s cut up at different links <laughs> yeah and yeah. you would just build shit out of that it. that totally. was my first game boy bob was my brother and i drew on a block that was a wood <laughs> block that was just about that size we drew a replica game boy and we would sit there and play with these wood blocks like we were legitimately playing game boy that's freaking <laughs> awesome because we were too poor to have uh, game boy day. so yeah. my uh, <laughs> grandfather built he used to raise pigeons and he built like the whole shed and everything. <laughs> I remember he came over to our house with just a bag, like a canvas sack of just all the edges and clippings and stuff. He's like, here's some blocks, kids. <laughs> you I guys mean, me and my brother play with, with them. them. Oh yeah. We play, we painted them. We would draw shit on them. We built yep. with them. Like, but it's, and, and same thing happens with my kids. Now it's like, we buy these like $75 toys that they play with for like a couple hours. And my son's out there like collecting, sticks and rocks and, and taking wood scraps and he's building shit with them and he plays with that for hours and it's like why did i spend all this money on the toys because mm-hmm. like it, it just every time it never fails he'll find a water bottle and have play with it for like six hours just popping the cap off or doing stuff with it so it's i don't know man i think the creativity is still there with kids they just aren't given the opportunity right you know? yeah well, and the toys back then were built for the most part to be played with outside. 
Whereas yeah. today's toys are a lot of electronics and batteries and stuff. And you can't really work that outside as easily. You know, you got to worry about the rain. Like we'd take our action figures out when it was raining. Cause that's a whole nother scene you can create. And you know, <laughs> yeah. it's obviously electronics aren't for outside, but then even like those McDonald's toys that I'm talking about, those aren't for outside. They get a speck of dirt in them. If they have any movement to them, it seizes up and yep. you know, right. and, and you know that, but, so much more stuff is electronic than when we were kids too. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, toys that would have been silent when we had them now have sound buttons and things like uh, I didn't get one for my kid, but my sister got uh sit and spin for her kids. You guys remember? Sit and oh, spin? remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. I used to make myself so dizzy with those things. Like and I loved them. And I, what's that? Is that a merry-go-round? It's, it's like, like a little s- thing that you sit on. It's and you a smaller version. On a it's like just a little yeah. Just one yeah. person. It's got like, it looks like a steering wheel, but that's yep. solid. And then a spinning plate that you sit on. So you just like spin yourself on it. And uh, yeah, my sister got one for, for my nephews when, when they were of that age. And it, not only did it have like buttons on the top that made horrific noises, <laughs> but whenever you'd start going, it would start a siren. A siren would start going off at the same time. And it just made it, it made it so that like, she didn't want her kids to play with it. Well, that's when you, know you, just, I mean? you lose the batteries. Sorry, mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. yeah right. Well, dude, I honestly think, man, like that whole, like that whole thing about spinning around, I, in a crazy way, I think that, that actually kind of started getting kids into like taking pills and doing drugs and drinking and it's things the first like drug, that. Right. Yeah, like my kids will spin around feeling. in the kitchen until they fall down, get up, giggle <laughs> their ass off, and do it again. Yeah, and it's I'm just, just like, like that feeling. Those little sons of bitches are doing drugs. Yeah. That's what they're doing. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding, because yeah, like why in the world would you just want to spin around over and over again? It's because you feel weird. And then once you take your first drink of booze, you're like, oh shit. Oh, That's now I, I understand felt. my sit and spin yeah. addiction as a child. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're sitting there and you're realizing what all this is. And, and then you you get into other things. And yeah, man, we I think have, that uh, we have in like an innate nature to just alter our mental just state. Get okay, but, but there's there's one more one more aspect to that that I see too, Ryan, which is that uh, like even OK, like a little infant newborn baby likes to be rocked. Right. Like, I think there's something about when our vision starts getting, you know, moved around, like it, it kind of distorts the reality around you. As far as you can see it, there's something that like overtakes our brains when it's like that. And a spinning aspect is doing that on high and nonstop. And then there's like an after effect from that. But even like in a gentler sense, like little tiny children like movement. Uh, Another thing is if you have an infant, you know, you and they can't stop crying. You put them on your shoulder and you walk around, you walk in a circle, even, you know, or just bounce them, you know, just kind of keep them moving. And it's like something about that, which, you know, I always figure probably comes from something about being a fetus inside that, you know, in that in that nice warm liquid, just kind of bouncing around and moving around and things like that. We're trying to because some people take that. that super far and they're like well this is why we should all take psychedelics and this is why we should fucking use dmt and why we should Mm -hmm. use mushrooms every single day and like you know people take it far but i i agree i think that there's reasons like why uh you know what is it serotonin or, or dopamine or whatever that that gets kind of uh triggered when you're kind of spinning around or whatever but there's got to be like that happy medium, right? Like, but you know, it seems like a lot of a lot of people really take it to the the next degree, and I think that's why there's a lot of addicts, dude. You know what I mean? Like, a, a lot of people are just obsessed with with feeling 
different than what they do when they wake up. You wake up and you feel like shit most of the time. Most people do. Not everybody, but most depends people on how much you drink. Up. But yeah, no, well, kidding. not not even that. Like, yeah, you know, I've woken up, dude. Sometimes I feel fucking way worse sober when I wake up and I'm like, holy shit, I did not sleep good, you know, and and uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with the blue lights or anything. You know, there's all kinds of different theories from that. But I don't know, man, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's just funny that you bring up the spinning because me and my mom talked about that. And it's like, you know, when when kids are like super into spinning around and getting dizzy, it seems like they might be kind of prone later on to be like addicted to something <laughs> that might fuck adrenaline junkies, man. The real yeah, game. I think you might also might be able to see it and how they give up their pacifier too. Like sure. kids, some kids can give up a pacifier, no problem. Some kids like can't do without it. And I feel like I don't know. I still use I, one. I can see you do. That's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear it, man. Uh, well, how many people have oral fixations? I mean, I started uh-huh. smoking because of an oral fixation, you know, and it's like my life is one kid. giant oral fixation. <laughs> right. <That's interesting. laughs> hey, put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, there was this this was like the holy grail of toys for me. I was a huge G.I. Joe guy. Oh, and yeah. There, this came out, and it was like, man. I got it! Wow! Introducing the G.I. Joe USS oh, yeah. Flag Aircraft Carrier. Imagine being USS on the deck of this flag. aircraft carrier. The USS Flag <laughs> is fantastic! It's so big! Oh, my God! G.I. Joe USS flag aircraft carrier comes with what you see here. Other figures in the so if, yeah. if you look at this, I want to just look at the size of this thing. So this thing, yeah. dude, it was probably eight feet long and, you know, three or four feet wide. It was a monster. I knew one kid that had it and we tried to get over his house anytime we could to play with this thing. I it, bet. I've, I've never seen a toy to this scale before or since then yeah <laughs> i remember we had, that we ad, had man. one and i had the i had the rocket the or the jet fighter right and when we got old enough that we weren't interested in playing gi joes anymore we took all, all <laughs> of that stuff outside and we we reenacted like a crash scene and we dumped fire or gas on it and lit it all on fire and the gas can was too close and <laughs> the gas can caught on fire. We had to go get my dad because we didn't want him knowing that we were burning the toys that we got. <laughs> and he had to come out and put the fire out and saw that we had just destroyed all of these expensive toys that he had bought. <laughs> oh man. Aren't those G.I. Whole... Joe toys like such funny propaganda too? It's like uh oh, oh, kill yeah. the sand people, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like it's crazy, well, dude. And what's crazy about it too, right? Is if you if you watched um he-Man, G.I. Joe, and there's one other uh, of the big cartoons. The villain all had the same voice. They had Ooh. this real, like, bitchy, nasally, whiny oh, yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. Like, you had Skeletor, Cobra Commander, um, and there was one other guy, and they all sounded the same. Joker Ooh, was like that, too, dude. Yeah. You're 100% right. Or it's like, yeah, like it's like the, the, uh, nah, 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 I'm like going to get you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That yeah. was in the Smurfs. Too. Like every bad guy had oh, that. Bargamel. Bargamel. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Gargamel had some heavy uh, Hasidic vibes to him, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a little you know? Jewy, huh? Yeah, very. So yeah. what if you guys, you know, do you guys have a, a toy or something that, you know, oh, yeah. that was your go to? Oh, yeah, mine so. was definitely G.I. Joe's. Me, my, one neighbor and another neighbor that was a cousin, the three of us, we they had they had way more G.I. Joe's than I did. But I had Tonka trucks. And uh, we would take these spots in the woods where we'd take the Tonka trucks. We'd spend like a whole day with Tonka trucks building a base in the dirt with like tunnels that would go down and then come back up. And, you know, then we would like get sandwich bags and like fill them with water. So there'd be like ponds of water and stuff like that. And then the whole next day with all the GI Joes out there, just like battle each other, you know? And that was, oh man, we spent just hours, hours of every summer for five years of my life it was all about gi joe's you guys sound like you have more fun than me i was only allowed educational toys <laughs> really allowed my parents were both very laissez-faire let me do mostly what i want but i only had educational toys and my mom was from the school so she just took stuff from the school i guess like sets of like farm animals and, and fences and there were army men and stuff like that but no no commercial toys farm animals could be fun though i used to it make was pretty fun well they but used I, to I have a that desk they got me a desk and I did models and, and 3D puzzles. That was it. Ow endless hours at the desk making models with pretty toxic glues and paints and stuff. But I was pretty good. <laughs> those those <laughs> army men were what I had instead of the G.I. Joe's. My my friend and my cousin had all the G.I. Joe's, but I had the little green army men, you know, yeah, the stationary the ones. ones. Set up a thousand of them. Oh, those man. Great. Yeah. We had I had an old boat that was a little rowboat that was in the back that had a big hole in it. So it was never going to be in the water again. And yeah, I used to set up those those are I'd spend just like two hours just setting them up just right so that I could like get out of that boat and then go tell someone to come and take a look at it. As soon as I'd stand up, it would rock it and they'd all fall down. And be like, no. <laughs> How many hours did you spend setting them up to like shoot them? with like a dart gun yeah. or a BB oh, gun. Oh yeah, that but, yeah. too. That that came a little bit later for sure. Mm -hmm. We used to strap bottle rockets to them and they'd be oh, like Hajis, yeah. you know, they'd come in as suicide bombers coming in hot <laughs> or astronauts. What? We'd see how high we could send them. <laughs> if you, you guys know Lego's doing pretty bad. If you take a dishes. jumping jack to the chest of a GI Joe guy, the flame that comes out melts their faces <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever fuck with like uh, dominoes or build like a bunch of card houses or anything like that? Something that you could put together just to knock it down? We with did blocks. With blocks. Yeah. yeah. We used to blocks. build monstrous sure, castles and walls and things like that with blocks. And then just, it you know, you do rock, paper, scissors to see who got to demolish it all. Yeah. My grandma had thousands of dominoes, dude. And I would just like build a whole thing around her house, like all the way through her house. And that was always a fun thing. And then like something that was really unique that I don't know if anyone else did was we made freaks. We we called these things freak. We used yeah, the, uh, where the, you take the uppers and lowers and arms and combine them. Yeah, different things. And yeah, the hot glue gun was a new uh, new kind of invention, you know, and so you're using <laughs> hot glue to, you know, cut the head off of like, a, you know, going back to what Ryan was saying, <laughs> take a pig head oh, off okay. of a, a, off a farm animal and put it on like uh superman's body you know and so this was diy this wasn't like a kit that you got you just no, cut up other toys no. that is freaking do that awesome, with he-man right he-man yeah. and gi joe because gi joe had that rubber bands that yep. kept their upper could, and lower together apart 
take it apart and you yeah. could make these monster mashes of like we'd combine characters and he-man we'd like break off arms of some of them and stick them in other guys and well so we use like box cutters and like okay. our parents would show us like the proper way to cut it right um we still cut the shit out of ourselves constantly did, did, did they say don't get bloody cut towards your buddy <laughs> no but that's a great way to remember it yeah cut away from yourself um no man like they they just told us like mostly like don't set it on your leg and cut it you know put your hand on top and just you know kind of hack away at it but uh yeah dude like i used to whittle all the time you know like my my family was all about like hunting and stuff and so you know we'd be whittling and so like i understood how to use a knife but it's Whittling's a little different when you got like a box cutter whittling's great dude mm -hmm. oh it's so great pick it's uh my my son does a uh kind of homeschool collective deal a couple times a week and uh his his favorite they have whittling class <laughs> no whittling's uh, whittling is a skill that every kid needs mm -hmm. just sitting well, there with a knife and a playing stick. with a knife right if you remember as a kid playing with a knife was the coolest thing if you ever could get your hands on a like a really cool swiss army knife you oh, were yeah. just living the dream and you hit it from your parents because you knew if they found it, they were going to take it away. And, oh, dude, yeah. But oh, the other that's one. It's interesting that that you're that you would get it taken away. Like I was always allowed, like I was given those things as gifts. Well, the know, problem was thing. I had a younger brother and he was a disaster. So like on multiple occasions, he had to be taken to the hospital to get stitches because he like stabbed <laughs> himself and he, so he, he wasn't hang. allowed sharp objects. He couldn't hang, huh? No. No, Jeez. not at all. I was going to ask you guys, any of you guys seen the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us? Oh, I've seen that it's there, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, it, it's same. pretty interesting. Basically, what they do is they take a toy, go over it for like an hour. And the one that I found the most fascinating was He-Man because mm -hmm. they they created this line of toy. And when they were selling it, the, the major toy companies wanted more. So they're like, okay, we'll put in like a comic book insert in with the, the toy. So now we have another aspect. So it's twofold. Well, then the toy company came back and said to him, well, mo if this is for eight and under, most of those kids can't read. So what good is a comic book to them? So this guy on his, on his, you know, just the spur goes, okay, well, we have two one hour cartoons coming out, which then led to the whole He-Man cartoon series. But that took them from like a couple million dollar company to over $600 million in one year. But then in 1986, it went from that 600 million and fell off the face of the earth to $7 million. And they could never get it back. Like they tried, I don't know if you guys remember like the Dolph Lundgren yep. movie. Oh, yeah, they oh. tried like the motion picture. And that failed miserably because it didn't even really have any of the He-Man characters in it. I was so excited for that movie when it was new. It was and so then it was let down. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. letdown. But that was kind of like the one because what they were all trying to match was Star Wars, right? Star Wars was the big one that came out in the late 70s. And that just hit on every front. Now, the crazy part about that one is they couldn't get anybody to to take the toys like nobody wanted to try and sell the star wars toys so they ended up making a deal i think it was with mattel it was oh no kenner it was with kenner and kenner was getting 95 percent of the profit from these toys and lucas and star wars was only getting five percent 
And they did that for years while Star Wars took off, right? And then eventually the whole, after Return of the Jedi, Lucas wanted to take a break. And then they ended up getting involved with Disney. And then things came booming back. But everybody was trying to catch that Star Wars lightning in a bottle with the action figures. Because that was just a gold mine. Am yeah, I crazy so to think? Many of those. Dude, the Star Wars toys were great. But am I crazy to think with that show that the My Little Pony episode was fascinating because they were trying to get girls involved? Of He-Man? Like, no, no. The the um, toys that made us. They did that oh, My yes, Little Pony yes. thing. Oh, yep. Dude, it was just incredibly interesting because like when they're like boys are really easy to get sucked into toys because they're into that stuff, right? Girls are into like makeup and shit. But then they start trying to like put themselves in the girls like little girls heads and the way that they did that was incredibly interesting man and i just thought it was like kind of kind of a wild idea where it's like you know initially the the pony's hair wasn't combable and they're like well girls love brushing their hair so make the, like make realistic hair on these things and then they just go to like a different level and that to me dude as weird as it sounds and i'm i'm by no means a brony right like one of these dudes yeah that's into, right uh, uh, yeah well maybe maybe <laughs> i am but no you know it's just it's just a, a crazy concept to to go from like it from a marketing perspective like yeah we're able to market to 50 percent of the community right here and 50 percent of the growing community but then now let's try and diversify into a hundred percent. Let's get girls involved too. Well, and they went crazy, all out. What's crazy, Ryan? That's is, what they is, did with She-Ra. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's what I was gonna say. The the He-Man yeah. came along because they needed a toy that would bring up their boy toy sales because the girls were just crushing with Barbie. And I think that's mm -hmm. Mattel, yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It's Mattel or Hasbro, one of the two that has Mattel Barbie. and I uh well let's look it up i'll look and, it up right now yeah because that that spurred he-man well he-man did so well that they're like well why don't we go female and bob just said she-ra and that was the female version of he-man and that was kind of the death blow to he-man was when they came mattel. out with she-ra oh. mattel and then hasbro did like uh you know the boy boy toys and stuff yep. okay guys i think i would say this killed most of the toy franchises like i'm kind of on the outside here i don't even think i had a tv when we were when I was young, we had to wait till later. So I didn't see any of these shows that you guys are talking about. But I know in recent years, they've feminized basically every franchise, right? There's a yeah. female boss, indestructible. Uh, anyways, she's in Star Wars, you know, whatever franchise you really want to name, it's all become feminized. I think an attempt to get, yeah, more female audience and more female marketing, but they don't really buy toys. They, right. they buy dolls barbies they like barbies and stuff but just in general they don't collect very much guys like collecting stuff and when they made all these shows and all these franchises try to cater to everyone they end up catering to really no one in particular because if girls do like it then guys aren't going to like it anymore and if they make yeah. it too girly then guys aren't going to like it anymore there's a you know this problem yeah. exists in the in the church in america too and many other things where women have basically taken over and guys don't want to go anymore <laughs> So well, no it's so smart if you want no watching the shows because the shows are made for both boys and girls, or it seems like mostly girls with a girl boss leading the show. And right. guys aren't wait, there's wait, not I even can't... the Boy Scouts anymore. Like it's just the Scouts. Oh yeah. My mm -hmm. my son was in Cub Scouts up yeah, until just... up until uh uh the 2020 bullshit. And uh yeah, there were there were girls in the Cub Scouts. 
yep. you know, it's like, the hey, only club guys. Come on. I got it's, kicked uh... out of Boy Scouts after three weeks. My den mother refused <laughs> to have me in her house ever again. So that didn't work. Do? Out something well. right. <laughs> she knew something well ahead of everybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, I used to make fun of the Boy Scouts really bad when I was. Oh, younger. it was I... the worst, man. It was a it was a retard club, is what it really. I thought that's was. what it always was, dude. Oh, dude, just mm-hmm. the losers, kids. <laughs> yeah, I was but really dude. into scouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to no, depend man. on where you are. Scouts was. Pretty I was. Cool, I was. A, I was a. I was a Boy Scout for a little while. We went, uh, but we did went camping. I don't know if it's just yeah, it was lots of what, but going camping, learning lots of stuff, and started fires, went. learned how to cook on a fire. See, our problem. I mean, I did all that stuff with my dad. Bob. I don't. I didn't take <laughs> instruction well from women because all my teachers at school were women, and I hated school. So the last thing I wanted was to go to an activity where I'm going to get bossed around by another woman. It was like, mm-hmm. dude, at least if it was Boy Scouts, I was getting led by a man and, and learning male things. But this was like the most feminine of shit. Yeah, and I'm like, no wait, this is supposed to be Boy Scouts. Get out of here. I don't yeah. want to learn how to make a fucking souffle. All this stuff. Be boys. Be be crazy and, you know, disgusting, I guess. You know, within limits. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be a boy thing. Or boys yeah. can be boys. Mm-hmm. Dude, that reminds me. I don't know if you guys have ever had the uh, the trashiest, like white trash dessert. Like, you know, like how people do like uh, potlucks, right? Has any like ant or anything ever brought cups of dirt? Have you ever heard those uh, desserts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like it's the like gummy worms hanging Oreos out of it? Gummy worms yeah, it's like chocolate yeah. pudding with yeah. Oreos crushed worms up and, and gummy worms. Yeah. What a trash bag dessert that is. And I, that was like <laughs> always <laughs> like a staple. <laughs> Dude, my mom makes white trash trail mix. What that is shit that? is phenomenal. It's like Chex Mix, but it has white chocolate coating it. Oh, so like, it's like the, snow. Yeah, the Chex and the peanut, it's all covered in white chocolate. It's like a coronary. Yeah, dude. No, I'm not into it. I just thought it was so funny. Like people like are always interested or like ants on a log where it's like yeah. celery, peanut butter and raisins. Yeah. Get so, out, uh, out of here. Shit. So Lanny made me this cake one time, long time ago, before we had kids, before we were uh, waking up about all the poisons in the world and all that kind of stuff. But she made me a uh, a cat box cake and she actually served it in a cat box. Oh, it my was God. like it was she bought a brand new one right so it was it was clean that's what they told you it was like it was like it was a shot it was like a a a, like a pudding-ish kind of chocolate cake with uh sandy's uh like sugar cookies crumpled up across the top made it look like cat litter and then warmed in the microwave tootsie rolls and formed them to look like cat turds all throughout this thing and then had the candy would do this I came home from work. Uh, this was back at our first place, long, long time ago. And she, there's this cat box just sitting. It really looked like a freaking used cat box just sitting on the table. And I'm like, uh, what? What's going on here? <laughs> Do we have? But it was cat? delicious. I, I we ate the shit out of. It. We didn't have a cat either at that time. <laughs> hey, yeah, dude. That that's uh that's one thing that I always want to do if I'm babysitting someone's house. That has a cat box. I want to take a shit in their litter box oh. so that it looks like something's wrong with the cat. Oh, you sad. You know I, mean? I think they'd figure that one out. I don't Man, think our so. cat has a bigger butthole than I, I realized. Ryan shit in the litter box. No, I'm just like, dude, I don't know. I saw this. I think something might be wrong with the cat. You know what I mean? Like that was the, that's the first thing I would say just oh, to man. 
That is wild, though. That's such an interesting cake uh, idea. Yeah, that's insane. It was uh, well, you know, we're both into gross out stuff, you know, yeah. and it was it was perfect. It's, uh, you know, something I was going to maybe bring up here was that we we recently bought there's a, a garbage pail kids cookbook. That's like yes. and current. What you get can get out. it on Amazon? We bought it for like twenty bucks, maybe, maybe less. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a high price tag. It was like, oh, this is totally worth it. Right. And it's 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 total garbage. It's not. We have it on our cookbook shelf. It's a, it's kind of a joke that it's even there. But it's just it's like edible right, food. Though. But they make it. It's a lot of like casseroles and things that you put green food coloring in and just make it look like. A big old Slime. plate of, like boogers of, or puke or yeah. 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 Have you yeah. seen the apocalypse cookbook? I don't know. No. So Garbage the apocalypse cookbook has yeah, was like the anarchist cookbook when I was. A kid. Well, no, I was going to say <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids. That was like the first thing that was really dumb with us. Like that, you know, went totally against like the clean cut image. And it was sure. it just caused an uproar. Like people, mm-hmm. there were people losing their minds over these collectors' cards, you know, because there was kids picking their yeah. nose, and these are disgusting, you know. <laughs> Talking about their abusive mothers. Remember on the back, it was like, yep. if you want to report your abusive mother, yeah, oh yeah, write her name right here, and then yep. fucking, you know, <laughs> stick it up. It's so funny, dude. Nico, what toys did you bring? Oh man, so I'm surprised we haven't talked about the Ninja Turtles because that's. Oh, yeah. That One spans the, uh, all three. They came out in the yep. late 80s and they were yep. big. They exploded in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, I did a kind of a deep dive onto the Turtles because the new movie just came out, which was OK. It wasn't great, but <laughs> like the Turtles uh, started as a comic book and it was such a dark, like gritty comic book. And the you know writers of it actually kind of hated the cartoon and it kind of went out of control from there the real movies were okay but i have a few turtles that i kept and i sold a bunch of them a few years ago but i have this set here they are the monsters oh wow, wow great so oh, michelangelo's awesome. the frankenstein Raphael's the mummy and it's like werewolf and uh Dracula. Dracula, but that's rad. So that one's pretty cool. And then I kept this set. I didn't have the full set of these, but I love this one because it's so politically correct. Yes. Uh, yes. Leonardo has Chief the Chief. Leonardo. Um Raphael is Daniel Boone, the cowboy, and the Michelangelo one was like a Mexican with a guitar and Get like out. a poncho. Oh, and I oh, could never wow. find that one in the store. But uh yeah, man, the Ninja Turtles is an interesting franchise because it just it's still relevant today. It's still like a billion dollar industry. They have yeah. a Ninja Turtles uh, episode on that show that Matt mentioned, the toys that made us yes. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They have a great Ninja Turtle episode. Yep. I don't know how the cartoons are doing, but we got we got a Ninja Turtles video game this last year. That was so much fun. It was just like the ones I played back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Dude, the old I Nintendo was game was so hard. Oh, oh, this man. this was like it was just like it, but it wasn't frustrating because <laughs> I remember the old one being like insanely frustrating. Dude, you have so anxiety hard. waiting for the bombs to go off and like yeah, having to yeah. all these bombs and stuff. It's like, oh, dude, I could never beat that game. 
Oh, well, dude, man. that's one thing I got to ask everybody here is what is your favorite video game of all time as a kid? I mean, mine by far, and I still play it today. I've been playing it a lot lately is Donkey Kong Country, dude. It's it's phenomenal. Nice. Just such yeah. a good game, dude. I was it a big Zelda up. guy back in the day. Really? OK, yeah, if Legend I had of Zelda. To, oh, man, I had Nintendo. to pick one. Man, I, I'd, I'd have to probably do say Goldeneye. Oh, mm, for N64, yep. or unstoppably addicted to Doctor Mario. Yes, I that know. was a that and was such a good game. game okay, yeah, Mario 64 was good, and my son has Mario Odyssey on the Switch, and he's beat the whole game by himself. He's six years old, and uh, it's they did a good job of keeping it very close to like Mario 64. You can even like get your character to look like Mario for Mario 64 in it. So I, I would have to go with Super Mario. Yeah. Just yeah. For me, it was Zelda and Mario all the mm -hmm. way back mm -hmm. then. Nowadays, I, I still like video games, but I much prefer Tetris or uh, other kind of like pick up and play and set it down and not play mm -hmm. it for a month kind of stuff uh, as yeah. opposed to like Zelda. We have the newest Zelda. I played it like every day for an hour a day for a little while. And then I had to like, no more video games it's been like a month since i've touched anything like that mm -hmm. it's just it's just a little too much i love video games but man they can consume you so quick oh, they consume yeah. your time so quick. these new ones are like all story and like it's like 90 percent story and 10 percent game like i really want to buy a ps5 because i want to get this ufc 5 game that's uh coming out for ps5 and whatever iteration of the, of the xbox they're on but i want a ps5 just to get that but it's not the same, dude. Like, I still think, like I said, you know, despite the good nominations of games that are up here, dude, Donkey Kong won, like Donkey Kong Country. Not not the yeah. sh bullshit of Mario and Donkey Kong, but Donkey Kong Country with Donkey and Diddy is so good, dude. I and mean, we've like, got a we've got a Pony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> don't get me started on Thug. That game. Tony Hawk Underground. Okay. Yeah, dude. Tony yeah. Hawk. I used I to build fucking glitch games. parks because that lead, ever, leads know, the to creative... tech decks, dude. I had oh, so many tech God. decks. Yeah, <laughs> they're bringing tech decks back. They're selling them in gas stations here mm -hmm. now. Are they really? Mm hmm. Yeah, dude. But dude, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I don't know if it was two or if it was Tony Hawk Underground, but dude, I'd build uh, glitch parks and those were so fun where you like it was like this weird thing, this weird uh, like stoner neighbor that I had would show me how to do this when I was like in middle school. And you could just build like the craziest like glitches in your skate parks when you're creating skate parks. So dope, like addictive as hell. Just, you know, wild stuff in that. But yeah, dude. I, uh, I heard you talk about those before and I got to check that out because I don't remember doing that. I remember building skate parks, but you know, I, I focus more thing, on just Bob, trying like, to do the most combos <laughs> right. with Tony Hawk. So like what was wild is like you would build. So you know how you could raise levels up in the skate park, right? Like you'd push like L1 or R1 or something, and it would take that platform of land and you would like it would build up, right? Like it would be mountains up. So you would build like a half pipe and then push r2 so it would be like on a platform so it was like high up in the sky and then you would push pause and then start and x like 12 times or something like that and then you would enter back into the level and that half pipe will be floating 
and you would go under it. And when you try to ride your skateboard underneath it, you would like hit an invisible wall and you'd have to get off your skateboard and walk and then jump on your skateboard when you're under the half pipe and you would like levitate up there and you could skate on this levitating half pipe that was like outside of your vision. It's wild stuff, dude. It was the most <laughs> incredible shit who when I first learned shit? it. Huh? <laughs> like who found that? Like, dude, who I was someone the first that, to find that crazy shit. One of the original programmers had to have like taught one of their friends and then it just got out there because well, like, that's this- what was cool because they had uh magazines like Nintendo yeah. Power and all these different magazines mm-hmm. where you could where you could get the glitches and get like the cheat codes and things like that out of mm-hmm. to help you with things like that. And now you just Google it and you can find whatever you want. But that was another cool thing was magazines back in the day. Uh-huh. Like they had all the, you know, kid magazines, adult magazine, whatever you wanted was in a magazine. Magazines are so expensive now, dude. I looked oh, at yeah. like a mad magazine. It was like $15. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Does it still say cheap with the exclamation point next to it? You still <laughs> say $4.95 cheap on mad magazine. I, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my son was playing a Zelda game uh that was that was new at the time and um he was really stuck but i was i wasn't playing video games at all at the time it was just that time of year and he really wanted help with stuff but i couldn't do it so i I was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna stop at a game store on my way home and i'm gonna buy him the player's guide because they make player's guides for all the games right yep i so i assumed they looked at me like i was fucking crazy (laughs) they never heard of a of a of a book to show you how to beat a, a, a Zelda game. They they were like, well, you can just go online. And I was like, well, yeah. yeah, I know. But, you know, this is for my, I think he was like uh, seven at the time. This is for my seven-year-old son. Like, I, I I want him to be able to read and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Remember the game? Just like, well, just give me your phone. Like, yeah, oh, the fuck. game genie. Yeah. <laughs> game genie. Yeah. That was big. And that's, yeah. I remember that too, Chud, is, when we would buy the game, sometimes we'd buy the manual also, you know, the extra book mm-hmm. for like eight, ten bucks. Yeah, and yeah. Like it would tell you all the, you know, secrets Every in it. Every little secret. Yep. Yeah. For like Mortal Kombat, it'd have all the fatalities and the yes. codes you had to punch mm-hmm. in. And yeah, man. Yeah, those were a whole thing. Now, now they think you're crazy if you because mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're and they're right. You know, of course it is. It's all online. I know that. I'm not yeah. stupid, but uh you know, I, I think that having that option, especially for younger kids, uh, I don't know, but I'm coming from this weird angle of that. Like I'm, I'm saying I, I prefer my kid to look at a book versus the internet. Whereas I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people just don't, don't see that, that difference right there at all. No, like, it's online, the trees. So it's there. Yeah. 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 If anything, well, I'm an to, asshole. <laughs> you we know? used to have to go somewhere to play some of the games, right? Like there were arcades, like, yep. sure. like, yeah, you had yeah. your small time system. You know, but in like the early to mid eighties, but you want like, the good you graphics. Games, you got to go pump a quarter like in a machine. Had to go to the arcade. Yep, mm-hmm. that's where the cool stuff was. Like Tron, Tron's video game was pretty legit, and I had some Tron toys. That was a crossover that had some toys that was that was pretty sweet. Uh, that's well, cool. a big one, Bob, along that ilk, and what ne- when Nico said Ninja Turtles, it sparked in my head was Transformers. Because yeah. that was they were metal. <laughs> yeah, it was it was big when we were kids, but over the last like two decades, it has exploded into a multi-billion dollar franchise. And they're you so know. lame now. 
Like in the yeah, 80s, the toys are the Transformer good now, toys are awesome. What's that, Ryan? You think the toys are selling now, though? No, but the movie. Doubt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the movie franchise. And it's like back when it started, it was the cartoon and the toys were what made it, you know, and what made all its money. And then it kind of faded away for a decade or so. And then all of a sudden these movies came out and now it's like Just, huge. So that's like a good question. Do the toys even sell? Um, does anybody know anybody that's here? Like, are there toys that sell? Like my are there... son collects oh, WWE, yeah. well, like wrestling figures. Wrestling figures are so, still, but those Legos always but, sell. But is it a huge industry? Like, is it? Oh still... yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah there's okay. there's YouTube oh, yeah. channels for it. There's you know Instagram pages where you can find any you know figure you're looking for, kind of thing. Sure. But it's it's a big industry. Like, uh, I mean, my son has three different rings. He's got, you know, guys from different from AEW, WWE. He's got some old WWF guys. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a it, there are toys nowadays, but I don't feel like I feel like plush is a lot bigger than the actual toys. Sure. Mm-hmm. You see a lot plush of those like, like stuff, like stuffy things. Yeah. Like there's this big thing. That, now, like Funko like, Pops too. Wishmellows are these things. Oh, They're okay. just pillows. Mm-hmm. stuffed animals and and kids will have like hundreds of them uh-huh. and they're the they're stupidest things they don't really have it's any like beanie babies now. yes well Remember beanie babies craze? though oh, oh that's yeah. a great one to touch on because my mom got sucked into mm-hmm. that hook line and sinker i mean she had the princess diana doll in like a case in a case and yeah my babysitter had like a freaking glass display of like yeah. all of them and you couldn't take the tag off that was like the big you couldn't play with them. No, yeah, dude, that was let the us thing. touch them. If someone still had a Princess Diana bear that was still mint, that's like a quarter million dollars almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those things are very, very valuable still. Some of them. Yeah, they it's a certain reti- iteration. It's almost like Pokemon cards, like the shadowless ones. Well, are what, the ones what that happened, right? And there's a documentary i'm not sure if it's a toys that made us or it's something i watched on youtube but or one of the streaming services but there's a documentary on beanie babies and how like essentially they just overproduced them and 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 people started uh counterfeiting them that was another huge issue they ran into it's like jordan shoes right yeah yeah plus anything like those seemed like they were made to be collectible like they like they were put out as hey these are collectible so that they'll be worth something someday. And people like that so much that everybody buys it and therefore destroys the value of it. You know, yeah. uh, it's like um, anything, anytime there's too much of something, it just, it's not that valuable. Like, uh, you know, talking video games, like old Nintendo cartridges. Uh, like I have some that I look up on eBay and they're they're They'll sell for $500 now, but if you have a Mario Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt cartridge, which came with like every system for for the entire life of that, like those are those are still only worth like a couple pennies, you know. So anytime there's too much of something, but so when there's a whole product, when the whole idea behind the product is to make it a collector's item and people get that in their head from day one, everyone's going to cu- buy them and put them in glass cases before they're worth anything so that they're worth something down the road. And if a million people have a glass case like that, it's, it's a lot like trading cards, man. You mm-hmm. know, in the, we, we were led to believe that in the early nineties, there were 
valuable trading cards. And then you end up finding out that they were all so mass produced and the value is just artificially inflated. Like the big one is the Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card. Right. Which I got one. Yeah. I mean, everybody does. And everybody's like, oh my God, I got, I got it. And it was worth a couple hundred bucks at one time. And then Uh when it came out that they overproduced hundreds of thousands of them, Mm -hmm. now it's worth, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. Which is a lot. There's the whole remake market too. (laughs) Yes. Remakes. Oh man. So like Rosie bought a couple of the like remakes that they look, they're the exact 80s toys of like the My Little Ponies and Strawberry Shortcake and stuff. But like, I was so pissed because I sold all my like most of my Ninja Turtle collection. And then like two years later, they're it's all the original packaging. It's all the same old toys, but they're not worth anything, you know? Well, and that's what you have to watch out for. Like I was watching yeah. this guy who goes to flea markets and stuff and he's like, you know, like with the the plush, like the popples and things like that, like you can find some of those things from the 80s that are worth like four or five hundred bucks mm-hmm. at like a yard sale. But then you also have to check the tag because some of them are remakes and that makes them worth nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a big thing with you have to, you know, to be a collector, you really have to know your shit now, like because there's oh, yeah. just. Well, that's it's always been like that with everything. Like uh, I, I, I have a lot of records and stuff, and there are records that are worth way more than others if you have like the first pressing, you know. And it's same with books. I'm sure Ryan, you know all about that. You know, uh, it's um, like the it depends on the exact edition, the exact one that you have. You know, if you have that album uh, "Yesterday and Today" by the Beatles, you know, on a record, it could be worth hundreds of dollars or it could be worth you know 25 cents or you know five bucks or whatever depending on if it had the original cover and then had a sticker put over the top because the original cover was all controversial they were wearing meat all over their bodies and they didn't like that but they produced it like that so then they just put a big sticker over the top of that that had them like leaning on some suitcases and if you can find that one with them on the suitcases and you can see that it's a sticker over the top, that thing is worth shit tons of money. Well, that's like some of the toys, right? Some of the action figures and stuff, there were blems or blemishes, you know, they, mm-hmm. that models that came out. And if you got your hands on one of those blemishes and kept it in the package, I can only imagine what it's worth today. Mm-hmm. And that even goes for like stamp collecting and things like yeah. that, you know. If you Coins. got a sheet of stamps and one of them is upside down in there and it was never taken apart so that you can show it just like that, that's worth a lot of money. I found I found this Instagram channel the other day. I don't know how I even came across it, but it's this kid who talks about coins and mm. there's like quarters from the last 20 years that if you find it, it's worth like a couple hundred bucks. Like oh, really? this- My son's been into looking at pennies. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Pennies. Dude. There are pennies that have sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars. My my dad has a penny at, at his house and it's a P- Abraham Lincoln penny. And you know where they put the date on the front? Well, under the date, it's from, I think it's, what was it? 60, whatever. When when Kennedy got assassinated, the Kennedy's face is under the year on the penny. Whoa. So well, I was going through some old college books of my dad. And I found a 1953 dollar bill and it's got like blue writing on it. Yes. And it's it was pressed in a book for 
40 years and it, it's in like perfect condition. I don't know how much it's worth. It's worth something. It's not like yeah, crazy yeah. amount, but I have it in my safe. But it was just so cool to like open it up and see this like perfect dollar bill. Like, and they feel different too. It's a yeah. whole different mm-hmm. texture than oh, the money yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Everything. It's, it's pretty. That's wild. like if you find any, what is it, the old gold backs? Mm-hmm. Oh, show, show a, somebody under 20 years old a $2 bill. Yep. Or an old 20. I got an old 20 from, uh, I forget where the gas station or something. With the little like, head on it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, I, I just, I keep them. I have a couple different. That ones, dude but... looks like Epstein so much. No, oh my God. I've tried to pay creepy. with one before and people think it's fake. They're like, this isn't, it's like, no, it's not. This is no. what this used to look like. I remember when the, when the bigger heads came out on all the bills, like around 2090, late nineties, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe early two thousands. It like it struck me as weird. You're like, man, that like that looks fake. They it, all look fake looked, to me yeah. for a minute. And, yeah, the time and now, exactly. and now when I see the money. small head, I'm like, oh, that looks fake. Have you guys <laughs> ever seen the thing with the? Let me see if I can find it. There's a correlation between our money and the uh, monopoly money when the new money. Right. Well, because it is monopoly money. It right. is literally and figuratively. They've been conditioning mm-hmm. us with that one for a little while, don't you mm-hmm. say? Yeah. While he's looking that up, I found the these bank two. Always has the money. I have a bunch of stuff here that I wanted to show. Hold on, I had come on, Nico. Give old... me two seconds. I'll just show oh, this. Look at that. You can show. Look at that. <laughs> How fucking wild uh, uh, is this? Uh, of course. It's it's yeah. the same colors and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. They're just laughing at us, man. Nothing like just telling us right to our face Mm -hmm. that, hey, it isn't worth it. You can wipe your ass with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so go ahead, Nico. Oh, I found these at my parents' house. My son plays with them. They're these bendy uh, Star Wars toys, and I have a couple of them. But, like, I can't find anything about these, like, there's no, I don't know if they're like knockoffs or what, but like, I don't know. This is interesting. Some of the well, stuff. Not being able to find anything about it. That that's the question. Does that make them worth something? Right. That's or what I'm does wondering. that make them worth nothing? Because no one's talking about it. But sometimes the knockoffs can be worth more than the originals. Sure. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what like we were talking about before with the blemishes. When I was watching mm-hmm. the the toys that made us on Star Wars. They got sloppy a couple times and they would print like Luke with blonde hair. Then the next batch would have Luke with like brown hair and Mm. they would sometimes mix up the lightsaber color. So he'd have uh, a red saber. So if you can find Luke with a red saber, it's like, uh, I wonder, like my cousin had a T-shirt in the early 90s that was a Simpsons T-shirt, a Bart Simpson T-shirt, which was just everything simpsons at that i don't have a cow man yeah Mm -hmm. they all said that but he had one that he got at a fair like it was totally a knockoff we could all it didn't like the and like it wasn't drawn quite right and it was him with a talk bubble that said who the hell are you and uh (laughs) like it was it was totally a knockoff i don't think they ever would have produced that with the with the swear word of hell but he did say that right he's like i'm but he said it all the time how are you right yeah. yeah, so it like made sense, but it was totally a knockoff and we made fun of him and he probably threw it away. But I wonder like if he still had that today being like vintage from 1991 or whatever and, you know, and being a knockoff. So it's not 
it's not registered. It's not, um, you know, it, it, it seems like that could make it worth a shit ton more now. Well, that's why you got to go to Dangerous World and get one of these Illuminati t-shirts. Boom. Someday they are going to be collector's items. Dude, I appreciate you wearing that, by the way. Oh, I love this shirt, man. I wear it all the time. It's the greatest conversation starter. I used to have so many Garbage Pail Kids. I don't know if y'all talked about it already because I had to step away. But, man, I had so many of those. Like, just stacks and stacks of them. I I wasn't allowed to get Garbage Pail Kids. That's right. (laughs) My mother was like, they're disgusting. You can't get those things. Well, they were the the inversion of everything that that was good at the time, you know? Yep. I uh, I had some to some degree, but I I not a ton, and I didn't hang on to them. But then around probably would have been like two thousand, maybe two thousand three, somewhere in there. Uh, I got a DUI and I had to walk to work every day for a few months. And I walked past this little newsstand, and they were selling new garbage pail kids for a, I think they were a dollar a pack. And it became a thing every morning. I'd pick up one of these little packs of, of, of garbage pail kids. And at the time, everyone was like, oh, those aren't the real ones. They're not new or they, they're not the old ones. So they're not real. But I just kept, kept buying one every day because I was just in fact, it came with the gum, a little, yep. little green piece of gum and everything. And now I have a whole notebook that I put. I went to a card shop and got, you know, I have it all laid out. And they had the partial picture on the back, just like the old ones did. And make so like a puzzle. I, yeah, so on the back, so you look at it and it's like nine of them, and then I, you flip the page and it's the whole one big picture put together and all of yeah. that. And uh, yeah, those were like repros or like a reboot or whatever, but I now it's been another 20, 20, 20 plus years. Uh, so like now those are vintage <laughs> and uh, like that notebook I have, I love it. My kids look at it all the time. It's It's <laughs> hilarious. It's awesome. Dude, you know, Chud, you said something that was like just really interesting to me, like, you know, like uh you know you're going through kind of a hard time obviously you 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 know you're not able to uh drive to work so you're walking to work right mm-hmm. and you're doing something that you remember mm-hmm. and it's so interesting like some of the best times and some of the best memories that i have are after something kind of shitty happens and you're kind of struggling through something those are like the funnest times dude like i remember i um like i moved into my first apartment and I wasn't able to pay. I wasn't able to keep up with the rent on it. And I had to move in with a couple friends. And that was the best time of my life, dude. Like, I was really embarrassed that I wasn't able to keep up with the, the rent payment on this uh, solo living you know, experience that I had. But then living with these dudes, you know, that that were my, my friends and stuff. Um, and just like the, the funnest times, like the most simple things were so fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys have have all gone through that kind of thing where it's like, you know, it was a, a gritty time, kind of a shitty experience when you were there. But looking back, it's like some of the most fond memories that you have. Well, yeah, like, like that, nostalgia. That, that yeah, time dude. that I'm talking about that brought this up, you know, like, yeah, it was some pretty shitty times having to walk to work. And I was working long days at that time too, like full 12 hour days five to six days a week but it's still fun to think about 
and those and those and having to walk for all of that and you know walking in the dark but that that was kind of like this little escape that i had that's like yeah. why i did it every day i was just like i couldn't it got where i couldn't walk past that newsstand without going in there with a dollar and eight cents i think it was after tax and like having having it all ready to go and just grabbing it and slamming it down and and you know waving goodbye yeah and now looking back on those it's it's really great but then in i found a lot of times when your life is falling apart. Um, maybe you don't have all the amenities that you would like to have throughout your life and you have to rely on simpler things that can just uh, suddenly that becomes your all. And it's really, really good for you. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think hard times are, can be really good for people for sure. It's just such a, a fun thing to look back on. Like, even like, uh, you know, my, my podcast is not, uh, big by any means, obviously, but looking back to when I first started it and like driving over across town in Tucson here to go to Brandon's house and record these things. And we're just sitting there. We're, we're splitting a 12 pack over like an hour long episode or whatever. Like that's the most fun thing when you're struggling to try and get something started. I started a clothing company a long time ago and it ended up not really going through and following through with it but like you know the the infancy of that was so fun and like the struggles where you're like dude we might be fucking billionaires by doing this you know mm -hmm. the the idea of being successful is kind of better than actually being successful as crazy as that sounds and it's i actually journey. am really happy with where i'm at in life i want to get farther obviously but the idea of like not having shit and then thinking that you can get everything is mm -hmm. kind of better than being like where I'm at right now. You know, well, you get a little I'm, I'm confident and happy, but it's just, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's like Nico said, man, it's the journey. You know, when exactly. you climb, when you climb a mountain, climbing the mountain itself, isn't necessarily fun. The hike going through switchbacks up back and forth all through the woods with, uh, with, you know, repetitive scenery and all of that that's not what's what's great it's getting up to the top and seeing that scenic view but i think at the same time if we had an ability to just like teleport there and see that view it wouldn't be as great a view you know no you could just yeah. google it yeah <laughs> sure you hey you guys bring bring me back to an ultimate wwe quote right here what hard times are daddy hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work they got four or five kids and can't pay their wages can't buy their food hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home and hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years 30 years they give him a watch kick him in the butt and say hey a computer took your place daddy that's hard time that's hard time and rick flair you put hard times nothing hard better. times create strong men yeah and and it's like you we started with the fourth turning you know mm -hmm. i think that's where we're going we're we i i think we we've hit this very weak point in our history i mean from the top down look at the leadership quote unquote i use that term loosely yeah, very loosely all the way down to the children and you know i mean i think like right i i i'm hopeful of what everyone's saying in here is that i think we are turning that stone we are making that that upward turn back to what we would deem closer to normalcy than this this insane erratic time 
Can I say something here? Like, I think the part of the thing that we lost, if there was something important to toys, I think there is, is that it ties us into something bigger than ourselves. They're sort of our sacred objects, right? Our modern culture doesn't have any sacred objects. So there's nothing really to collect. There's nothing really to, to aim for outside of these materialistic objects. Some people will go towards the, the fancy cars and, and the chains and, and all that stuff. But a lot of normal people, we just want more to be a part of something, I think. And like, it's not a very great foundation for a culture, but it, it was kind of something. I know a lot of these shows were made to sell toys and a lot of toys were made to sell shows and et cetera. But it still did give us something to be a part of. And like I said, we just don't, we don't have any sacred objects. And I think that's part of the problem in modern culture today where minimalism is very, very popular. And Ryan, I wasn't just saying that the kids today are dumb. Everybody's got a problem with this, that we're not able to control ourselves. Probably not the, this circle here, but in general, adults are also having a problem controlling themselves with this abundance of constant entertainment. And so you've got now generations of people who are growing up who have seen everything and heard everything, but they've never done anything. And there really isn't very many cultural objects or cultural things to participate in, especially because there's so much. There's just so much going on. When American Idol was the only thing on TV or Survivor or something or Lost, everybody mm -hmm. watched it and it became a cultural thing, even if it wasn't really that big. But we have lost that live aspect of things other than sporting events and the Oscars and whatnot. There's very few things that we participate in together. And I do think that does matter in a... a more field matter like rupert sheldrake would say that when we're all participating in something at once the field becomes stronger and yes. it actually has its own meaning built into that just for the sake of it being a field that other people have done other people are participating in just the fact that you're watching something that, that 20 million other people are watching like the olympics or something you feel like you are a part of something you ever mm -hmm. watch a fight the next day and it just feels flat you never even saw the fight you avoided hearing who won yeah. the fight but yeah. the fight just isn't the same. It's not it's not interesting. You'd rather pay the 90 bucks for the pay-per-view because you're sort of there in the action participating with it. I know that's a bit of a rant, but I do think that's part of the reason why toys are struggling. You know, I was saying earlier that Lego is not doing so well. Toys R Us closed famously. Of course, that's part of their own problem. But Mastermind toy stores are closing all over the place. Department stores in general are closing all over the place. Sears and so on. And I think there is less of a market for these things. This is why Disney and so on, they're leaning in other avenues. They're not selling so many toys. Some of them are doing okay. Collectibles are having a bit of a resurgence, especially with people like us who are looking more towards real life. There's lots of hobbies out there still. I've participated in many different hobby industries. They're still out there. But we're combating this problem that's sucking in everyone's attention and not giving them anything in return, not giving them a culture to participate in. So what you're on Instagram all day, that's not a collectible. It's not a thing that you can really claim that you're participating in or or tie any material object to it. Yeah, but but isn't it, it, it interesting? Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, sorry, man. I was just going to say, isn't it interesting that uh, places like Amazon don't buy Toys R Us and say, we can sell all the shit that you got from Toys R Us here on amazon and you can buy all this stuff right you said you guys said earlier it's part of the experience going to the toy yep. store and just there's more to it it's not satisfying doing even it if right. amazon with, does buy it it's not the same but yeah. with virtual right. reality listen like with virtual reality you can do all these fucking things for these kids today literally like like there's so i work for bkfc right and um it's it's this up-and-coming sports uh you know uh, combat sports thing 
And I talked with a dude, I, I talked with a guy that works for a separate company that does marketing for them. And he uh, plugged into AI, like an AI thing, how to run a marketing campaign for BKFC, uh, you know, bare knuckle fighting, basically like UFC, but it's just boxing bare knuckle, right? Um, it says that virtual reality is going to be a critical aspect of marketing for all these new companies that are coming out right now. Why wouldn't Amazon, knowing this, Amazon absolutely knows this. And I think like when you, when you hear it, it makes sense. Why wouldn't Amazon create a toy store experience for the idiots like all of us, right? That want to walk through a toy store and we, we hold on to that toy store experience. Why wouldn't Amazon say, let's make a virtual reality thing so that these kids of these dummies that we were making money off of for 30, 40, 50 years, these kids can tell their parents, hey, I want to walk through the toy store that you used to walk through, right? And then buy the certain toys. Like, they're, they're, it's so easy. Yeah, to do I things. just don't think it's the same, but though, right? It's I not. Think, it's, I mean, there's there, a was, there, was a, there was a smell to the toy store. There was oh, the... Sure anticipation of getting there what 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 do i what do i but want the kids don't know I, mean, that, I think man. I, I think on its own the answer to that is the graphics aren't good enough yet <laughs> essentially like the vr isn't good enough yet but i think it, i think I watch vr porn it's pretty pretty is it pretty great, great? yeah it's <laughs> I, good. i've i've barely checked out any vr and what i've seen has been not that amazing but i'm sure we're right around the corner maybe maybe well porn's always going to be a step ahead i'm sure guys dave and um, busters was right around the corner 20 years ago virtual reality still makes most people dizzy and nauseous and they yeah. don't enjoy it so i think yeah. even if you made the maybe if you made the graphics good it'd be even worse to be honest but if they can if they can get us into a metaverse toy store they're going to well I look at no, the metaverse failing no, no one's using it it yeah, doesn't yeah, seem anybody right. wants to hang out in virtual reality mm. if if they can get it to where we do want to hang out then they will capitalize on this. The, the The reason that's not happening now is because it's not great. Uh, maybe VR porn is, but um, you know, I mean, for the most Dude, part, like I we did, we did kids, a King absolutely. Kong VR thing at an arcade a little bit back, and holy shit, it was stupid. I mean, it was just it was dumb. You yeah. you like you put on this thing and you put on these gloves, and then dinosaurs come at you and you swat at them, um, and and they don't look that great. <laughs> you know like yeah but kids it, kids are so into that stuff man and uh, all that it takes is people like elon musk andrew tate these kinds of fucking horrible people advertising this to kids and they'll be into it that's all that it takes literally so yeah i mean like they can do this if they wanted to man they just don't think, want to I think, they I want to get kids there. away from toys yeah i don't know i, I mean amazon put out uh every year they send right before christmas a catalog with all the toys and like my son's not even interested in it. Like I've looked oh, through yeah. it. It doesn't have the same feel as like getting uh, even like, I don't know. What was one of the big ones? We back used to get the, the Sears catalog. Sears catalog. Sears. Yeah. Like that it just doesn't feel the same. It's not, it, it feels cheap. There's no soul to it. And I think people well, are going to, my son does go nuts for that thing. Like yeah. he, he does. He, he, uh, and it's partly because of me and his mom telling him stories that we used to, Oh yeah, it was a big deal when the new Sears catalog came out. Cause we'd like circle the things we want. Yes. And like, we got one like for the first time, like two years ago and he got it and he took a Sharpie and he circled everything in it and kind of ruined it. 
mm-hmm. and then and you know he didn't get anything out of there and he's mm-hmm. kind of like now now we haven't gotten one this year but uh he's probably going to circle like two or three things and then he can take that with him to his grandparents house and then he shows it to grandpa and grandma and then he like actually gets something he wants from grandparents who like have a real yeah, hard it's time. A magical yeah and, and that's it, the thing man all that it takes is for a couple of key figures to market these things correctly and it's done it, it, it's sold in the kids minds like i said pewdiepie fucking andrew tate some of the the worst people that you can imagine mr beast right i mean some of these horrible people they just need to market these to these kids but for whatever reason they're not doing that and i think that's just as interesting as to if they were actually marketing them to them why are they trying to get them more into screens versus toys another possibility here is that they don't want to do that because of like what what ryan was saying about our culture like we kind of don't have culture right now as as lame as it was there was culture when everybody watched the same survivor on the same night at the and they all talked about it at work the next day like it's kind of a lame culture granted in my opinion whatever uh but it's still culture like now I don't know. Yeah, people are still watching the same shows as the people around them, but we're all watching them on our own time in our own way. Uh, There's not that energetic aspect that there there was was a sense of community, too, about it, Chud. Right. Like if there were other people that watched the same show as you that night, you were all stoked. The next day you all talked about it with the toys. You know, when a new toy came out, you and all your friends were all talking about it. And yeah. now it's just like, ah, I can I can get it whenever, wherever I want. So there's not that so, lust to it anymore. That you lust. can you also get a lot of this stuff that. at the dollar store these days, too, which kind yes. of takes all of the uh, perceived value out of it. It could be the exact same. I saw a comparison today of stuff at the dollar store versus a mainstream department store and grocery stores. And the dollar store is selling most of the same stuff for a lot better price. So it might be the same toy, but you get it for a buck fifty and you just don't care about it. Hot Wheels are a good example about that. Seeing kids today with Hot Wheels, they just they don't care. They have a, th- a thousand of them, you know, a hundred of them. I got some it great just doesn't Hot mean Wheels anything that I just bought the other day. Um, but yeah, if uh, but Ryan, if if they if in quotes they whoever they are, right? You know, we all talk about they with a capital T. Um, if they don't want us to have unifying culture, uh, a good way to keep us from doing that is to keep us all from going to the same virtual toy store. You know, if they if they did, if they were to master that and we did want to go do that, then we would all we we'd, kids would go to school and talk to each other and say, hey, did you see this at the Toys R Us store that we all went to last night? You know, like there would be that would bring that that again, lame, but nevertheless, culture back that seems right. to be and maybe it's my perception and I, I'm open to being wrong about this. But I, I see our culture is just it's dissolving in front of our eyes. I disagree, man. What about things like Tiger King? Right. It's just it's whatever the government, whatever the culture players want you to think is cool. We're going to talk about as a whole. But that's that's a momentary lapse now, right? Like, so dude, these it's things just so whenever like flashes in the pan. Back in the day, these were like established for a while. You guys like, are still talking about Ninja Turtles and He-Man 30 years later, yeah. 25 years later. No one's going to be talking Tiger, about Tiger King. Yeah, in 30 Tiger King's gone. I guarantee you they will as soon as they want to put it on the top 10 list. Right? As soon as they want to do the 30-year anniversary of Tiger King, everyone's going to be talking about that shit again, man. I never even watched it. Yeah, me neither. Like, I, I know. I, I wasn't into it either. But you, <laughs> I wasn't into it either, but you cannot deny 
that people were into it as well, a but whole. that had, I mean, you could say the same about like Bird Box, right? There was all this, this, you know, mystery around Bird Box and everybody was talking about it. And then it was gone after like a month or two. And You're I think also that's- into different things than most people are. The the status quo, you you aren't necessarily into, right? No, I hate I hate what everybody yeah. else likes, you know, exactly. like American Idol and all that shit. Like I never got into any of those. Yeah, shows. Fuck American Idol. Yeah, like all that. I mean, my my sister and and family still love that stuff, like Mass Singer and all that. I'm sure they love Tiger King too, Matt. No, they didn't, unfortunately. Come but on. I don't know. I just I I don't see the the hook there today that there was. Like Ryan said, I mean, we're still talking about Ninja Turtles and they're still relevant. Everything's so instant gratification now. Like you said, it's gone in a week. People talked about Tiger King for a month or two, and it's it. It's dead. Like, so I don't know if any of you guys on this panel would be would remember uh, Joe Bob Briggs from TV. Uh, TNT's Monster Vision was his show Monsters, back in the yeah. 90s and, and Zeros. Uh, I, I was an obsessive uh, fan of that as a, as a horror fan. Um, and uh, he went away for many, many years. But um, he came back a few years ago and started doing this uh, this online deal. Uh, called The Last Drive-In, where he was showing movies and doing commentary on them. And he made a real big deal. This is going to be a live stream thing. And you and he said basically what we're talking about. He said, because I want shared energy with the people watching this. You're like, we're all going to watch it on the same night at the same time. And we're all going to feel that. And we're going to talk about it on social media because that's what we do now is we do it on social media. But we're, we're all going to do it at the same time in the same place. And if you're not there, you miss it. And he did that. And it caused such an uproar of all the people who missed it that within a month they started, they, they put it up, they started putting them all out. It's all available on demand anytime you want. He's still doing this, this revival thing, but he just, he couldn't, what his whole vision was just had to fall apart because there was just absolutely zero market for people having to tune in at the same time in the same place to do the same well, even, thing. Even my way mm. of consuming television has changed in the sense that like uh, some of these shows that come out now, I'll wait until the whole season has come out before I watch it and just watch it in one fell swoop versus, you know, watching it week by week, like a game of Thrones, you know, type show where every week you're anticipating that next show to come. And, you know, every, you know, everybody's watching it at that time. So isn't that Matt, isn't that you, kind of playing into the whole system instead of saying like i want to watch something one week and then have that suspense build up for another week before i see the next episode you're 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 trying to indulge the entire thing all at once absolutely like that oh absolutely because he has the option yeah if if he didn't have the the option that's the thing man is like that's why this whole thing is is kind of falling apart as far as like let's watch this one episode at this time right now right let's let's i mean i i don't know i i get what you're saying because i do the same damn thing dude like i i if i'm into a show i want to watch the whole season because i don't want to wait for that week yeah when with the cliffhanger at the end of the episode i don't want to see sit there and be like oh shit what's going to go on and i'm thinking about it for six days you know um but yeah man i Maybe it has something to do with the internet and just like the the readily available, you know, information and and you know uh, the content and everything that's just there for you. Yeah, because but... for for years, like Sopranos is the perfect example. Like I, I lived yeah. for that next week's show. 
You know, I mean, that was a show where we didn't miss it. In college, it was Sunday night. Boom. We're all sitting around watching Sopranos together. Because you had to. There was no option. Other yeah. Than, you know what I mean? Well, we would buy. And then we after the season came out and they'd sell the DVD pack, yeah. we'd buy that and rewatch it while we were waiting for the next season to come out. And Okay. Well, then let me ask this. Would it be good if the internet went out? For some things, I think. In in a sense, yes, but it would make life more difficult, right? It goes back to that whole simplicity versus functionality, right? I mean, it, in the functionality, long run, I'll like, say. yeah, it's uh, I I give that a firm no. I don't think it would be good. I just had this discussion with with Bob who had to split early, and uh, uh, random Randy from the Red Thread the other day, and uh, it's like, I don't know, the internet is a tool. This is this is the conclusion I came to. The internet is a tool, and like all tools, every tool can be used as 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 something to build something wonderful, or it can be used as a weapon. And the internet is a tool, therefore it can be a weapon, or we'll just say negative, not necessarily a weapon. But it can be used for good, or it can be used for negative things. And uh, I don't think if if because Bob was telling us that uh, a certain number of people, thousands of people, die in hammer accidents every year. Yep. Um, but I, I don't think that the banning of the hammer would do any good there. Like, for one thing, I won't be able to build a chicken coop. And that's real important to me to be able to build things, build things on my on my property. You know, like, and you I don't, don't think, think you could use a rock instead of I, a hammer. I, I, oh, and I even said that within it, too. I would come out better. I'd come out. I think we'd all come out better people if we didn't have the Internet for a year and it came back. I think. I would be a better person if I didn't have a hammer for a year. I would I think everyone would be better. Well, that goes back to what down. we talked about in the beginning with we had to use our imagination, right? When everything wasn't at hand, we had to get creative and we had to get outside the box. And if you couldn't afford something, well, you made something that was your equivalent to that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've gotten so far away from that because everything is at your fingertips now and you can obtain anything so easily. Yeah. So and, and we get lazy. I mean, I had an Amazon thing that I ordered. It was supposed to come the next day. It got, you know, delayed one day. And I was like, you know, I was pissed Bullshit. about it. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's still here within two days. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you have to catch yourself once in a while and be like, OK, it, it's we've we live a very privileged, you know, uh, existence here. And yes, so I don't know. I do think like you were saying if the internet went out, I think some good would come of it, but it would be pure chaos for a, yep. a while because everything is on uh, our money. Every little, literally everything is on the internet right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's face it. If the internet went out for a year, people would die. Oh yeah. And I, I don't mean they'd die because they can't live without the internet. I mean, people would die because people would go fucking crazy. People would go crazy. They'd kill they themselves die, yeah. and they'd kill other people. I think we mm-hmm. would see some of the worst human behavior you can possibly imagine coming from even a, even a, a week, give it a week, Mm -hmm. just disappears for everyone for a week. What would you see humanity do? I would say that I think that the people that need the internet that bad should probably not be alive. That's okay with that. Well, yeah, no, it's thinning the herd. I agree. But at the same time, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a devastating blow. This is why you need to have guns, boys. I hope you guys all have guns. (laughs) 100%. Like, this yeah. is why you need guns, why you need, like, why you need to be able to protect yourselves, dude. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's a terrifying. Uh, some preparedness, you know? Yeah. I but, I yeah. would. I don't want the internet to go out because I use it. 
and because I don't want to see the worst side of humanity that we could possibly see. And I think that would cause it. However, if the internet went out, there'd be a part of me that would go all right. I've been waiting guys. Here yeah. we go. Yep. I, got, thing. I got all my food. I got my weapons. I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm ready to protect my own and I'm ready to, I'm, I will do what I need to, to survive through this. And I'm going to survive a whole lot better than most people because I'm 90% been- of people. And Chud, that's the thing, dude, I get paid off of the internet because I not only do the podcast, I work remotely from where I'm at. So I wouldn't get my E check every month, you know, as an independent contractor for my job. Um, Yeah, it would suck. But at the end of the day, I'm also not getting my, uh, you know, my mortgage isn't due. You know, none of this stuff is due. So I can go out there and I can hunt food. I can steal other people's shit, by the way, too. It might actually come down to survival of the fittest. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. right now where we're at survival of the fittest is people that have the most money and the most people that have their back. Right. Most assets. Yep. The most assets that aren't even real assets. Yeah. It's fiat currency that's backing a lot of these people. Yep. So it might actually come down to some actual like real shit, you know, and, and I'm I'm very confident in a system like that. This system right now that we're at, I'm like mediocre at best. You know what I mean? But if it went down to that crazy shit, I could I could get uh I'd be just fine. And that's the whole thing, man. So I, until I've they mail you your mortgage life. check. Yeah, they mail it and like, hey, pay this. I've kind of thought my whole life that I was built for the apocalypse. Oh, dude, I'm absolutely. My life's not going to really start until the apocalypse comes. However, I also have to live life, so I have to. I have to assume that that's not coming tomorrow. Even though there's been times in my life, maybe right now as well, that I feel like it is tomorrow. But um, you know, otherwise, it's like no. I just I go about. I go about my daily business. I assume that the dollar is not going to collapse tomorrow. And I assume that the Internet's going to be there tomorrow. Well, but, and if uh, it does, so be it. I'm ready to adjust. You know, yeah. I, I will adapt to whatever I have to adapt to. And that's the mentality we have to have. And it's that, not the end of the world if all this stuff goes down, because if you're one of the survivors, you're good to go. You know, if you're in that mentality that I'm ready to adapt, let's do it. Do you think so, that will be the next great reset? like everyone thinks it's going to like be a cataclysm and they just shut off the internet for like a couple of years. No, that, that, that would be a cataclysm because they're going to, they're, they're taking money out of their own pockets. It's it's yeah. going to be some sort of disaster or something. I don't know. I don't I even think the think next about cataclysm will straight up be just um, the poor get they, they, the, the, the lower middle class turns into homeless is yep. what the, the next cataclysm will be like what they're doing in Hawaii. Possible? Exactly. It'll just be like, oh, shit, more people are homeless now. It's not going to be anything like uh, Mad Max scenario. You know, they've been trying to program that in people's heads. And, dude, you know, Kim, you know, she she is all about Mad Max and stuff. She can't even see blood like she'll paper cut herself and like get lightheaded and stuff. And I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah, you know, you need to not talk about Mad Max. (laughs) That's the whole thing is like, dude, if you can't see like there was a there was this scene in um it was uh one of those like apocalypse shows like doomsday preppers and this dipshit was like misloading a shotgun and ended up blowing his thumb off and he passed out when he shot his own thumb off and it's like dude if you pass out by losing a digit not a limb but a digit you're not cut out for this, dude. You're not yeah, cut out my, for the uh, end times. My ex-father-in-law cut off two of his digits by himself and 
didn't pass out on either one. So, dude, like I told you, man, I if you told me that like, Matt, we talked about this in uh, DMs, I think. If you told me I had to hit a 90 mile an hour fastball or chop off my fucking pinky toe with a shovel for a million dollars, I'll chop off my pinky toe. No fucking problem. <laughs> and cash that million dollars. Dude. That It's a digit. Yeah. It, you got 20 of these things. Don't yeah. even worry about that. You know what I mean? And this dude's blowing off a thumb and he's losing his fucking mind. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I didn't realize what time it was. I want to get us out of here. Let's go around and... Uh... Hey, first of all, thank you. This was awesome. I really enjoyed this and we may have to do this again and get a little deeper into the toys because we went all over the place and it was great as usual. So thank you all. Uh, Ryan, not us. Where can we find you, my friends? As always, you can find everything I do on notusbooks.org. Books I've written, my podcast, got a few great new episodes out. We did one on homosexuality recently. It was really controversial. It's probably not what you think it is. Whatever you think it is, it's probably not. It's probably more than that. And we did vaccines and mercury fillings recently. And yeah, just finished Wag the Dog Part 4. It only comes out once a year. So there's no money involved or anything. There's no views. There's no likes or subscribes. Nothing. It's just free. Wagthedogtheory.com. And yeah, I think this is a, it's a good episode. Hopefully you watch it. We can talk next week. Yeah, definitely. I will check that out. Well, thanks, Rye. Nico. Thanks, man, for having me. Um, like I said, my show's Upstate Unconventional, and uh, I'm going to be putting some new stuff out. I wanted to ask you guys, have any of you ever been recognized because of your show by like a person in public? Because it happened, someone at work, I, I started a new job in May, and I strictly did not talk about my podcast, and someone found it and like started talking to me about it, and it's such a weird like feeling when they're like can i talk to you and i was like oh shit what the hell are they going to talk to me about <laughs> and she was like she found my show accidentally she was looking for upstate unsolved and upstate unconventional popped up <laughs> and she was like i love your show and i was like thank you it was yeah, just great. such a weird feeling though to have someone actually approach you about it so it's pretty amazing yeah i had a dude at a fries which is like a kroger just uh, tell me that he listens to my show. But also when I worked for Pepsi, I used to serve as service that store. Yeah. So it's, you know, you know, people kind of know when you get into it, but it's interesting to get to a new work spot. And someone's mm -hmm. telling you that. Yeah, that's yeah. wild, man. It was a weird feeling. There was, there was a time when um, I went to see Elena Freeland speak and I talked to her about coming on to Deborah gets red pilled afterwards and someone in the audience overheard me say that and they they were like whoa i listened to deborah gets red pilled which was kind of cool <laughs> yeah. yeah man not exactly getting recognized but you know recognizing a name of a podcast it's, you know it's great it's interesting, it means that people are listening man that's what's that's what we do for Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was i love when people i love when people act like they're like oh i, I would do this if no one listens like no you wouldn't no, you want people no. to listen <laughs> like, that's the whole thing yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah you can find me on instagram and we're putting we're starting a store up soon i'm going to be selling orgone devices and different stuff and rosie's got her art that she's doing and uh that'll be ready soon we started with a spot uh shopify store but that's not going to work out we're probably just going to end up doing an etsy shop for now oh yeah but uh yeah 
things are going to be coming. Your, your this month. stuff is top notch with the Orgo, and I got it all over my house. I love it. I told you I was going to buy some Nico, so let me know. When I'm, those I'm working on it, man. Sale, dude. We'll talk after when we're you're, you're going to get more than you bargain for, my friend. I'm, <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be good for you. Yeah, I want some stuff, man. So, yeah. Excellent. Definitely. Keep me posted. I'll definitely let everybody know because I've had people ask me about it too. So, Rocking excellent. On. Well, thank you, my friends. Mr. Chud. All right. Well, like I said at the beginning, uh, me and Bob have been doing our We Content. We've got about 20 episodes in the can now that we've done, which is just a weekly conversation that we have. Sometimes we go deep on things because, well, it's me and Bob. <laughs> we like to go deep on shit, but we try to keep it light. Like we try, we're trying to talk about music and we're, we're trying to do what we did here tonight a lot of the time. But of course, with that, you know, we probably would have stopped in that first 10 minutes when I was talking about John Chris Felucci and his his pedophilia shit. And then we would have been on the pedophilia road for the next hour and a half. But <laughs> but a lot of the time we do we do manage to keep it light and uh it's it's been a real blast just being able to talk so much with one person so that we can just kind of kind of keep hitting things from different angles over and over again and you guys can check that out at are we content or content you might notice that those two words are the same word isn't that interesting mm -hmm. uh and that you can get on podcatchers anywhere you can find me on instagram at uh mr x indeed or chud mr chud x indeed that is and uh you can find bob oh you guys know where to find bob space is fake and gay and every everywhere else that you probably should perpetual be on the skeptic internet. now hidden pod is gone <laughs> yep hidden pod bye-bye yep so bob yeah bob's a perpetual skeptic and space is fake and gay on instagram mm -hmm. so hey chud thank you my friend and, and hey thanks honestly, so much for having me your, this was your, your guys show is one of my favorites now because of that it's just random it's two it's you guys talking there's no like real deep deep dives into stuff but it's all really cool topics that are interesting you know like concerts and music and all over the place like bob's weather story the last the other show oh, yeah. i mean and that's something it's awesome it's just all over the place but it's good it, it's it's a break from the whole cons constant conspiracy shit so yeah thank yeah, you it's I, I appreciate a, it. a break from conspiracy with a couple guys who were obsessed with conspiracy yes. So you know it's it still it still has that tinge <laughs> that's not to be denied but but we try to stay off it awesome man we'll keep it up i love it thank you mr ryan what do you got going on Dude, I'm going to take my time to show you a couple of uh, Hot Wheels cars that I had yes. that I wanted to talk about earlier. Um, all all food themed. OK, we've got the uh, dessert drifter. OK, this is a jello themed car. Nice. Okay. Just Whoa. pick this up. A little whipped cream on top. Yeah, a little cherry on top. It's a lovely car. Uh, we got the car day Asada. This is a taco <laughs> themed car. Great. I mean, just phenomenal. It's got a, a couple of limes on the side there. Uh, this is a great one. And then the donut drifter. And uh, it's just a simple donut car. Look you know, that. you got to love these. So, yeah, man, I uh, I get into this shit, too, still. And um man i just love uh toys i don't know what it is dude. that's what that's what got me back into this kind of hardcore was talking with you we were talking cards and toys and all I this stuff and every now i'm always looking i'm looking for like the vintage shit just to 
see if I can find, you know, one of those roadside gold treasures. Yeah. And these things like they're selling them for some reason all over the place at like grocery stores, here, yep. like Safeways and fries and all these things. So I picked a couple of these up. They're still a dollar twenty five, which seems ex- incredibly cheap. So I'm just picking up uh, food themed, you know, Hot Wheels cars lately because oh, awesome. I love food and I love toys and I love uh, cars. So why not? But yeah, that's great. all that I got, dude. What are you up to? Nothing, man. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this talk. Uh, this is this is like that. I said I wanted to just get away from everything else. And I, I love these conversations because, like we said, we didn't just talk toys. We were talking a little bit of pedo shit in the beginning. You know, we went all over the place, video games, everything. And, you know, we could I think we could do this for every generation and and have a full show on it. So I may even want to do it again. Maybe we bring some females in and hear their perspective on the toy craze. And nobody brought up strawberry shortcake or rainbow bright. No, we did touch my little pony. Right. Got we us did. there. So we were Ryan touched on that. Yeah, yeah. Rosie, maybe hey, he's a brony. This. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was almost going to start this with a precursor that listen, sorry, ladies, but this is probably going to be all male toys. Unfortunately, <laughs> but dude, my little pony, like I said, it's uh, it's nine eleven level. I just wanted to say nine eleven before the episode. Yeah, no one said it. <laughs> You're in timeout, buddy. Dick. <laughs> At the end of the episode, shit, oh, me. Shit. All right, guys. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Everybody, stay strong. Question everything. It's Linky. It's Linky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's Linky. It's Linky, it's Linky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's fun for a girl and a boy. It's fun for a girl and a boy. Is Jack? Jack is great stuff. Oozy. <laughs> Jack is drifty. You can pull it. Make Gak sounds. How rude. Suck it up and squirt it up with a Gak back. Pop it up and blow it up with a Gak inflator. Well, I never. Nickelodeon Gak comes in different colors, sizes, and play sets. Each sold separately. Coming soon from Mattel. Disgusting. Mad balls, mad balls, gross for one, gross for all. We play with a mad ball, they're gross, funny, yucky, sick. There's eight, so you can take your pick. We throw, catch, it's uh uh-oh fun. There's so much gross in every one. Freaky fun is what they're for. There's so much ugly, so much more. Gross for one, gross for all. We play with a mad ball. We play with a mad ball. We play with a mad ball. Mad ball. Freaky fun for everyone, sold separately from Amtoy. Mad ball. Introducing the evil mutant warriors, Rattaro, Vultureman, Groom the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusco Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJN. It's the mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Defenders of Earth. 
The Power Rangers are driven by the power of the ancient dinosaurs. Lately, evil space aliens have become a real safety hazard. Earth's only hope, the Power Rangers. Oh yeah? No one can stop us. Just let them try. Okay. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, too hot to handle. It's the real Ghostbusters Firehouse playset. Megman, our firehouse is haunted. No way. Oh, no. I've been gooped. Ghost to the stadium. The real Ghostbusters, each sold separately, assembly required. Hey, buddy, see anything weird? It's Tombstone Tackle. Don't lose your head. Take a hike. There's a policeman. Oh, no. It's X-Cop. I can't believe my eyes. Whoa. We're not scared. Okay, everybody. Come out. Slide and fasteners from Whammo. This is Lindsay, my cabbage patch newborn. She was born on my birthday. Look, Ashley, she's so little. Tiny toes and newborn clothes. I chose her with my heart, my tiny newborn. My tiny newborn. I'll turn her seat into a feeding chair. Take your cabbage patch newborn everywhere. Her rocker turns into a carrier and car seat. They're one of a kind. And just mine. I promise to always love you. Cabbage Patch Newborns, each sold separately with 4-in-1 Carrier Bottle and Baby Book. It's the Yum Yum Fun that is cool and key. And its name is the Snoopy Snow Cone Machine. You put ice cubes in and get a snow cone out. This is fun. Yum Yum Fun is what it's all about. Some assembly required, and you mix the punch flavor. It's yummy, Snoopy. It's the Yum Yum Fun that is cool and key. Snow Cone Machine comes with everything you see here from Hasbro. The most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machine. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint jobs, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket play sets. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature play sets to play with, and each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features that miraculously move. Raise the boat lift at the airport marina, man the gun turret at the army base, clean your car at the car wash, raise the toll bridge. And these play sets fit together to form a Micro Machine world. Micro Machine pocket play sets, so tremendously tiny, so perfectly precise, so dazzlingly detailed, you'll want to pocket them all. Micro Machines are Micro Machine pocket play sets sold separately from Galoob. The smaller they are, the better they are. My pet monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. Yeah! And he's your friend, too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away, too. Yeah! With my pet monster, you're busting loose. Yeah! He's big. And scary. <laughs> and helps people, too. And he's your friend, too. My pet monster plays all day. Tough. Awesome. Looking great. And all your friends will want him for their friend, too. My pet monster has breakaway chains from Amtoy and American Greetings Company. Kmart lets the good times roll with Kawasaki Hot Cycles from the toy department. Classy green machines with mag wheels, wide track tires, and simulated roll bar. $20. Little ladies move in style on the powder puff model, featuring adjustable seat and custom floral design. $15. Sale priced and ready to roll now through Saturday at Kmart, the saving place. Turn of the Jedi Collection. Yeah! The 
sure monsters hungry again. Let's feed up. Don't do it. Luke Skywalker, Gamorrean Guard, new Rancor Monster and Rancor Keeper action figures, each sold separately. You regret this. <laughs> Wait till get this claws into a Jedi Knight. Whoa, son, Jaws, this is my only chance. <laughs> He's wounded. We better get in there. We'll <laughs> never get out alive, Gamorrean Guard. New Rancor Monster. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. And these new WWF figures, ha ha, they got real wrestling action. In our man shows, everybody's got a price. Mm. Ah, the American Dream will put you to sleep. And Hacksaw's gonna cut you down. Ooh, he'll pay for that. I'll squash Hogan with my new Macho Master. Man, Holster's gonna put the squeeze on you. And now you're taking the ultimate punishment. Let's get money! I'll crown all of you New WWF figure so close to the real thing. Fight <laughs> being in the ring. It's twice the mayhem with new WWF tag team figures. Match the rocker, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty against Smash. It's a double team. What a yeah. Oh, what a smash. It's time to run. <laughs> and roll. Yeah. Look out, Demolition. It's the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch. Hey, kids. Nobody stands up to the Donald Trump. separately from Matchbox. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System? The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate Zapper and play games like Duck Hunt or action-packed Hogan's Alley and high-flying Kung Fu, each sold separately? Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. What's it like to play the Nintendo Entertainment System? The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you master Rob the Video Robot and meet the challenge of Gyromite. When you shoot the light sensing Zapper. When you play the system with so many arcade hits, you're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System Deluxe Set. Batteries not included, Super Mario Brothers, and other. What's the fastest way to the airport? Micro Machines, Highways, and Byways. Let's go! We'll take the tall break, then zip through Ace World Builders. Take the off-road. <gasps> Major dirt. To the car wash. Fill the brushes. Hurry. 
what next? Into the parking elevator. To the runway. Have a nice flight. Highways and byways. The only way to go! Highways and byways, playsets and vehicle collections each sold separately. New from Micro Machines. I got it! Wow! Introducing the G.I. Joe USS Flag Aircraft Carrier. Imagine being on the deck of this aircraft carrier. The USS Flag is fantastic! It's so big! Oh, my God! G.I. Joe USS Flag Aircraft Carrier comes with what you see here. Other figures and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. Take a look at the new G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Look, Cobra's attacking the Ostriker. Tomahawk to the rescue. Tomahawk holds eight Joes and it's loaded for battle. Yo, Joe! Tomahawk's gonna chase some Cobra. Tomahawk is on the go. Tomahawk's gonna chase some Cobra and rescue G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe! Adventure of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Other Joe and Cobra figures sold separately. Yo, Joe! Get G.I. Joe, Joe! Cobra's attacking! Send in the G.I. Joe Retaliator with its working tow line and gripper claw. It'll stop, Cobra. A real American hero! G.I. Joe, Joe! G.I. Joe Retaliator comes with pilot. Joe, Joe. This is it, the Cobra Sea Raid. Cobra Sea Raid, it's a fight machine. Out the blast, Joe, to Smithery. Incredible Sea Raid splits to become a mini submarine and a one-man armored glider. Or attacking on snow and ice, the Cobra Wolf with twin laser cannons and special ski torpedoes. It's a techno viper. Cobra Wolf is vicious. Hot ice and snow and hot on the trail of G.I. Joe. The Adventure of G.I. Joe, Cobra Sea Raid, Cobra Wolf, and other vehicles and figures sold separately. with driver. Yo, Joe! It's snake stopping season, and we're going hunting with the G.I. Joe Raiders. Nobody beats G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe Raiders. The Raiders got a mess of missiles, and they're all pointing at you, Cobra. But nobody beats G.I. Joe, Yo, Joe! It's the incredible G.I. Joe Mobile Command Center, and it's hunting for Cobra. Three levels of awesome Cobra chasing, Cobra fighting power. Level one, army ready to attack! Level two, computer system is go! Engine room, we have full power! Level three, missiles loaded, let's go! Prisoner secured. Go, Joe! Let's move out! G.I. Joe! Mobile command center comes with driver, other figures and vehicles sold separately. Yo, Joe! Cobra invaders have taken Bootjack Hill. Our troops are in trouble, but here comes the G.I. Joe secret mission train with more men, more supplies, and you are in command. The G.I. Joe special forces head for the bridge, while the G.I. Joe train speeds to Bootjack Hill with a secret strike force. A helicopter lands behind the Cobra lines, and here come the paratroopers. G.I. Joe 72-piece electric train and battle set complete with battleground scenic map. By Tyco, of course. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, attack beyond a black commander. Call in the Decepticon leader. Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, from Hasbro. Oh, look! What is it? 
evil new menace from the world of the Transformers. The Transformers, more than Decepticons rages on. Megatron creates triple changers, the most evil Decepticons of all. But the Autobot scientist Perceptor is ready for anything. Introducing Perceptor. From a working microscope, he transforms into a robot. The Transformers. And triple changer Blitzwing transforms from tank to plane and from plane to robot. Robots in disguise. Triple changer! Autobots stop him! The Transformers. Sold separately from Hasbro. In the world of the Transformers, nothing is what it seems. Meet the Constructicons, six evil robots that transform into one mechanical giant. The Transformers, more than the DDI. The Transformers, it's Devastator, six Constructicons in one. The Transformers, Devastator's the Constructicons gift set sold separately from Hasbro. Dragon Blaster. One more paralyzing Dragon Blast and... And what? Freeze, Fisto! Dragon Blaster, Skeletor, Fisto, Roboto, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Roboto, attack! Your Dragon Blaster can't stop the most powerful robot in the universe. Oh, yeah! Freeze, Roboto! I said freeze! Dragon Blaster, Skeletor. New from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately. From Mattel. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beastman each sold separately from Mattel. Hook or face the evil hook of Crap Jaw. Crap Jaw, Battle Cat, and He Man each sold separately, string not included. That hook won't stop He Man. Then Crap Jaw will use his vicious claw. Still no contest. And Crap Jaw will use his wicked laser. Even a one armed army can't stop He Man and Battle Cat. You win this time, He Man. Crap Jaw figure from the Masters of the Universe collection. He Man and Battle Cat figures each sold separately. From Mattel. Now, Skeletor charges into battle with awesome artillery. Nothing can stop it! 
nothing except Beam Blaster. It actually fires a lightning to stop Hartzell Ray. Give up, Beam Skeletor, but only with a bullseye to the evil eye. Figure so separately, you supply the batteries. I have power! Artillery Beam Blaster Set, the first light action weapon ever from the Masters of the Universe. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. I, Skeletor, have another warrior named Whiplash. Battle Armor He-Man and Skeletor, Whiplash and Buzz Off, each sold separately. And I, He-Man, have a powerful wing warrior named Buzz Off. So it's the super sting of Buzz Off against the vicious tail of Whiplash. Buzz Off and Whiplash figures from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. Hordak and the evil Horde are out to get He-Man and Skeletor. Hordak, Hordak. Skeletor, Skeletor. Who can defeat gruesome Grizzlor and the sucking Leech? Grizzlor, Grizzlor. Leech, Leech. Hordak and the evil Horde. New from Mattel. Now, slithering out from the depths of Snake Mountain, the Snake Men, the lowest form of evil. Ratlor's evil head strikes. Tongue Lashor, whose evil tongue lashes. Snake, I'm ready for him. But is He-Man ready for their King Hiss? When his skin comes off, his evil comes out. King Hiss, Tongue Lashor, and Rattler, new from the Masters of the Universe, each sold separately from Mattel. Are you ready for Snake Men? Imagine Eternia. Eternia.